Welcome, everybody. This is episode 101, 101 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm here with Carlos. What is up? And Logan. Yo. We're at plus 100. Yeah, it's going to be a mouthful now to say that number every time. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, it's it's fun. I listened to episode 100 a couple times now, and it was it was fun. It really was a good good discussion. Um, I'm gonna just say it because we haven't. I don't even think we've told Carlos this yet, Logan. But I'm gonna be hanging out at your place for a day next week. Oh, cool. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, got some work in Portland, I guess, right? Uh, uh Vancouver. Or Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Which so like you're the same thing, I guess. But <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's just cross river. So yeah, you're coming in a day early. The Hang out with uh, me and Space Cat. <laughs> they they tried Phil. to give me work that day that I'm supposed to hang out with you guys, and it's technically supposed to be my travel day, and I was just like, boop, boop. <laughs> nope, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we can record something or something. Not that I want to promise, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I think we're our time will be limited, so we'll do what we can with it. Yeah, cook but... some good food, I think, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so episode 101, we do the second part of our spring reviews for the 2019 <laughs> spring season. Uh, spring. Just on time. Yeah. Just on time. We're always super uh, punctual with these. Always. <laughs> Don't look at your calendar. Don't look. I see you looking. Stop. We're punctual. <laughs> All right, we're in the we're in the dead heat of summer, yeah. so yeah. Um, this season turned out to be really good as far as reviews as go. As far as so, the shows we watched, and we'll right, get into yeah. which ones we enjoyed more than others. But yeah, as far as we didn't watch everything, so you know, take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good talk. Uh, went probably less long than I expected it to, you know how these review casts go, so, but we had good discussions about all the shows we talked about, and I hope you enjoy them. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy. had this idea i uh i made and, and for those of you in the discord channel who are listening uh i i turned my towels i got that dia towel at ax mm-hmm. and i got the madoka towel at um, anime pop in dallas which was a really cool place if you're in the dallas area and you want to check out an anime store i i in all the travels i've had i haven't been close to a store that's strictly anime and that place had all anime stuff. It was like wall to wall anime stuff, which was awesome. But anyway, so I've, <laughs> I've turned those two towels into tapestries. Cause I'm like, I want to hang them on the wall. Right. And so I bought these like little dowels and I put them through the edges of the towels, dowels and towels. I didn't realize that rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> and I tied a string to the top and I made these pretty awesome looking uh, tapestries that I posted in discord. Anyway, I'm thinking to myself, who needs to create a professional studio if you just line the wall of your room in tapestries? I mean, sound absorption right there, and it looks good. <laughs> I'm not sure how good they absorb sound, but hey, I mean, 
if it gets you if it gets you to make you know diy uh, wall scrolls i mean more power to you they look good too thank you yeah i'm excited about them i i I didn't expect them because I I tried to hang them with just like tacks at first and I'm like, this just doesn't work. So I tried this and it's much better. So for those of you who want to turn your towels into tapestries, just go buy some dowels for your towels. <laughs> we need we need to make that like you, you should have filmed yourself doing that, like had Tammy like be your your uh, cameraman, camera woman or, you know. Paid one of her daughters to do it. She didn't feel like it, and, <laughs> and just been like, like upload that to YouTube. We could call it like anime DIY, right? And then, yeah, and I mean, then we get enough viewers, and we get sponsored by the I don't know, one of those TV channels that like moms watch when they're not at work. <laughs> uh, you know, the daytime TV. Isn't there a DIY channel? Is there? There's like I think there I'm, is. You know, I say moms. My dad actually likes the the home <laughs> like you know fixer upper type channel because of course he does um hgtv there you go that one like he loves it so yeah yeah anime diy we, we could totally get sponsored we, we bring in the younger demographic <laughs> this is how i love it we, we can do that thing that um uh full metal posted about the light box you know for for doing unboxing videos and and you know all that good stuff how okay, to make I'm your on. own details i I think I've given up on the idea of doing the unboxing video. I need to develop more of a space for it. Uh, I was pretty much ready to record an unboxing video for this amazing uh, Miku 10th anniversary figure that I got from uh, Cube in the community. Eric, thank you, man. Uh, love her. I can't wait to take her out of the box. I've been kind of holding off on taking her out of the box and putting her up because one, I don't have a shelf for her. Two, I thought maybe I was going to do an unboxing video and I first looked at myself in the camera and thought you look stupid. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, usually you just film your hands, Jeff. Well, I mean, I at first I was like going to say, hey, this is Jeff, you know, but then I thought that's really dumb. So yeah, so I haven't taken it out of the box yet. Maybe I guess there's still potential for an unboxing video because uh, I'm not going to take her out until I get a shelf for her. But I'm excited to put her up because, damn, am I? I'm looking at my office here. I've got Miku's everywhere. I must be a huge Miku fan. I don't know about that. <laughs> Seems weird. <laughs> hey, man, she's an idol. We love idols, right? <laughs> yeah, virtual idol. Why not? What have you guys been up to? Uh, work work <laughs> yeah the never-ending grind to to make money so that i can survive yeah survive but th then eventually you know if if i have any extra you know uh go to japan buy yeah. idle stuff yeah <laughs> Man, honestly like as soon as you know i start uh what do you call it pulling in money for the gi bill again because school starting up uh later this month a sizable portion is going to go into savings for eh. for Japan. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, we can cut this part if we want to, but do we want to talk about what we have planned for July? I don't know mm -hmm. if we've mentioned it at all. January. January. You know, the other J month, <laughs> along with June. We haven't mentioned it, but uh, it's up to you guys. I mean, we're gonna go. We're, go we're going regardless. regardless. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I've been doing something for, you know, something that we've kind of had in the works for a little bit. And uh, I guess we're going to kind of announce that now. Um, the three of us, as well as Steven and uh, Eric, are planning on going to Japan in January. Woo! Um, but the primary, uh, you know, motivator being we're all trying to go to the Love Life Fest, uh, which is a combination of Aqua, Muse, and uh, the Niji... I can't say their name. Nijigasaki. Niji- oh my god, that's such a hard word. Nijigasaki. There we go. I got it. I did it. Um, so we're trying to ballot for that, and hopefully we can get tickets to that. But regardless whether or not we are able to get into that concert, uh, we decided, you know what? Let's just all take a trip to Japan and have a blast over there. Um, but one of the steps in the balloting process uh, that I have been kind of jumping through hoops to get is a Japanese phone number, I guess. Ah, yes. A SIM yes. card. Yeah. A SIM card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and man, they sure don't make it easy to no. uh, ballot for these uh, idol concerts. Uh, especially not for foreigners. Um, yeah. In recent concerts, they have had a uh, a foreigner package, um, sure. usually um, processed through um, a travel agency in Japan that has like an English speaking division. Um, mm-hmm. The one that I went to f- through uh, the one that I went through for Fourth Live was um, a company called Yokoso Japan, who were phenomenal. They were so cool. I I hope that. If we're not able to get through these, because there's three rounds of the ballot, you know, for those of you out there who don't know, uh, and it's it's really you know random. You you buy yeah. uh, a specific type of Love Live merch. It comes with a code. You put in your code. You know, assuming you have this the aforementioned SIM card, um, and uh, if you get the tickets, cool. Uh, yeah. then then your seat's random. So you could have amazing arena seat right in front of the stage so you could see, you know, icons, every facial expression. Uh, or you could have nosebleed seats, in which case you're... Behind the stage. Or, yeah, or you could have the Shibafu, yeah, the Shibafu, uh, yeah, what do you call it? Seating. Um, in which case, you're looking at a big screen. But the point is you're still at the concert. <laughs> so glass half full i guess uh but uh it, it is a pain in the ass especially for foreigners we're not sure if they're gonna have a foreigner package this time around so it's always better to be safe than sorry and just ballot. Do you know if they had one for fifth life they did have one for fifth life that's how he went uh no i, I that's no? that's how i went to fourth life i went to fifth oh, life through life. ballot mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha okay i wasn't planning on going to fifth life <laughs> steven was like i have an extra ticket and i'm like yep Sure. Here's money. <laughs> I will be there. Uh, well, I am kind of hoping for a foreigner ballot or a foreigner package. Or um, I, I at this point, I think I'm too late to go through this process that you're going through, Logan. At least for the first one. Yeah, yeah. for the first ballot period, we we all have codes. I, I mean, it's just really unbelievable when you think about it that the process you have to go through as a foreign fan of idols in general but love live in this case where you you have to go through this entire process of getting a japanese telephone number through a sim card i think logan you even had to sign up for like a japanese address service as well yeah there's the yeah and there's a lot of hoops 
it, there's a lot of hoops, right? And then you buy a buy the merchandise, which gives you the ability to enter a lottery, which then gives you the potential to pay for a ticket to get into a concert, which then puts you in a random seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no other entertainment, you know, event that I've heard of that's anything like it. But it's idols, and we do whatever we need to do <laughs> to get the idols. So. I mean, on one hand, like yeah, it's kind of shitty, especially like the random seating thing. On the other hand. A, I've never seen a scalper at a Love Live concert, which sure. is awesome because fuck that. I hate that shit. And I've it's also probably the most fair it could possibly be because let's say they, they had like a, I don't know, like a Ticketmaster or a StubHub deal where they were like, all right, tickets are open now. Site yeah. crashes. And because we're in America and their servers that they're selling on are in Japan, like we are not getting the best seats. So true. Um, yeah. So. And yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's pretty much what we dealt with in the LA for the concert here. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is a fair way to do it. it it's just, the amount it's just of demand. The, like what they have to go through to make sure there are no scalpers and to make sure it's, you know, quote unquote fair as it, as it possibly can be. We're not sure what their algorithm is like. Maybe it does favor people. Um like the process that they have to go through essentially excludes um, us as mm-hmm. as foreigners because, you know, we, we can't exactly do what uh, Japanese people can do. Now, to be fair, though, if if no foreigner in the world was interested in Love Live, let, let, let's say this was like 20, 30 years ago where, you know, you said Japanese idols and everyone was like, you mean like the statues that they have to their gods? Like... You know, nobody knew what a, what a Japanese idol was. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, they like they would still fill an arena with just Japanese fans. Not oh, a problem. Yeah. Without an issue. Yeah. So they do this because the demand is so large that they want to discourage yeah, so, the scalping practices. Well, and-, and that's also like one of the things that makes the foreigner package so cool is that they've started to see the the international demand, and then like. Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys want to come over? We will totally set aside tickets, uh, you know, in conjunction with our partners in, I don't know, this conglomerate of hotel chain or whatever. And yeah, if you want to pay extra, sure, absolutely. Come on over. Uh, right. Because you're, you're not going to, you know, come all the way over here and not, you know, throw your fucking wallet at the merch booth. <laughs> So please do. <laughs> and let me tell yeah. you how much I've done that. Uh, so <laughs> they've, they've, they've got us pi- uh, pinned. So. so, yeah, I mean, and it's just amazing too for, you know, for those of you who have stepped into idle hell, maybe for those of you who have not stepped into idle hell, as maybe for some of you who have listened to our AX cast, you realize that Jeff has stepped into idle hell. Mm-hmm. And um, I just rewatched Love Live 2, Sunshine, uh, for the second time. And man, oh man, what a difference that show makes when you have an investment in the characters. I I just can't even tell you the um, amount of emotion that was involved in watching that show for the second time. When the first time was kind of like, at at times felt kind of like I was trudging through it. At no point did I feel that way. (laughs) Second watch through and uh, it's been a treat. And and the reason I'm rewatching it is because I got the movie. Uh, so I'm excited to watch it. I have not watched it yet. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, like, 
for those of you out there who are like, you know, like, oh, God, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Just note that it's like if you're into into like if you're, you know, into Japanese music, um, like there's OP or ED artists that you love. They have a lot of concerts for those, too. So, like, I mean, there are definitely ways that you can go see. I don't know. They've only done one OP, but I'm just going to say them because I love them. Frederick. Everybody listen to Frederick. They're fucking outstanding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you want to go see like Frederick in concert, there are ways to do that. Um, it, it's just, it takes a lot. It takes a yeah. lot. Um, they, like baby metal. I, I think they all do. It's in some, in some capacity, they probably do these ballots. Cause it, it, like you said, it is a fair way to do it. So, yeah. So definitely if you're interested, I'd recommend going to Japan to see a concert because their concerts are outstanding. Actually, Roselia recently had a, a concert, uh, like a full concert in Japan, with <sighs> the Bang Green Band, and yeah. they fucking blew the roof off that place. I've I've been just seeing just a nonstop stream of of pictures and videos from their company, um, and it looked incredible. Uh, right. I, I would love to go to an outdoor concert in Japan one of these days, uh, but that's that's for another day. When Love Live decides to do an outdoor concert, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not incredibly wealthy. So when I do save up, I I'm, I have to be picky about who I go to see, and it's always going to be awkward until there's until awkward like exit stage left. Hopefully not for a long, long time. It will always be awkward. We need sixth live for the new single that just got a uh, preview. Absolutely, it looks so good. Um, anyway, uh, while that might be another day, today we are reviewing shows. Uh, we're doing our second part of those reviews. We're so, so late. I'm so sorry. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault as well. It's all their fault. Uh, we're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so second part of our, what are these, spring reviews? Oh my gosh. Spring. Yeah. Uh, one, of the shows, one of the shows started in, uh, in uh, actually, no, two of these shows started in winter. So That's true. Yeah, we, we actually do have some holdovers. Um, we get to do some double season reviews, I guess. We are the uh, most relevant podcast. <laughs> <laughs> before before we talk about the shows that have ended that we get to do proper reviews on, I did want to just give my thoughts on a couple that are still ongoing. Uh, I don't want to go too deep into this because we do have quite a lot to talk about today. But uh, two of these shows, Demon Slayer and Fruits Basket, are shows that are continuing. I do believe I'm the only one watching both of these shows, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demon Slayer, phenomenal. I've loved this show uh, for the first core, and it's I'm continuing to love it going forward. I don't have really much bad to say about it, to be honest. It's it's kind of like a shonen show that doesn't have all of the annoying stuff that shonen does, like the dragging on and the multi-week battles that go on and drag on, and they charge up for three weeks in a row. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what... Jeez, I'm, I'm losing. I'm losing the thought process on who, who is the studio that does this? Ufotable. Yeah, Ufotable. Thank you. I, I don't know why that name was not coming to my head. Ufotable um, <laughs> has done a phenomenal job on the visuals. Uh, not your typical kind of what you expect from like Ufotable, where they did like Fate, where it was just gorgeous. They have like a lot of like very traditional Japanese kind of style to the to the show. Um, it's been a pleasure. It really has been a pleasure to watch this show. And I would really love for one of you guys to pick this up with me so we could review it together at the end of the season because I think you would really enjoy it. After um, after one of the other shows I'm going to talk about today, I'm definitely more inclined and, and I'll get into why later. Cool. Yeah. Uh, 
Fruits Basket is the other one. Um, has been I've been uh, I've enjoyed Fruits Basket. Probably not as hyped on it as I am Demon Slayer. It's it's a really cute kind of. I don't know want to call it romance, but it's just a touching show about relationships. Um, and I think it might be budding into a romance, but uh, it's it's a really it's a really interesting show about a girl who ends up in a house with people who turn into animals. Animorphs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My, for those of you born in the early 2000s, um, Animorphs was a book series about teenagers who could turn into animals and could get stuck in animal form. I don't really remember. The 90s yeah. was weird. <laughs> I remember Animorphs. <laughs> uh, honestly, Fruits Basket has been a pleasure as well. Um, it's, it's just a, a nice touching show. There's a lot of moments in the show that have had me just kind of say oh that's that's so cute and and the characters are really lovable especially the main character she's really just wonderful um and i'm really excited to continue watching i'm really happy they announced the second season relatively late actually i mean the season the the first core was coming to an end when they had finally announced that they were going to continue the second season or a second core i guess Mm -hmm. you could say uh so i expected i would be reviewing it up until relatively recently uh this cast but yeah, so excited to continue with Fruits Basket. But other than that, we can move on to the first show we'll actually be giving a proper review to, which what? is... It is, I believe, my show. Um, it is your show. Which is Fairy Gone, um, which is a anime done by Studio PA Works. Um, the synopsis for this one is... Uh, once upon a time, fairies were tools of war. The story takes place in a world where fairies possess and dwell in animals, giving them mysterious abilities. By removing the organs of possessed animals and transplanting them into humans, fairies can be summoned as an alter ego and be used as a weapon. Uh, such individuals who use fairies are war tools called fairy soldiers. Uh, once the war was over and they completed their roles, the soldiers lost their purpose. And some began working for the government, some joined the mafia, and others became terrorists. Um, so this is kind of, I guess, the story of a girl named, um, Marlia, who, hmm, she, for all intents and purposes, when we first meet her, she's, uh, just a normal person. Um, she lived in this village that was burned down by this one dude who, we don't know why he burned down the village. It probably had something to do with political um, positioning and stuff like that. Um, but she had a friend um, called Veronica, who's a uh, slightly older blonde girl who lived in the village with her. Um, and Veronica kind of saved Marlia when their village was burned um, and then disappeared and so she's kind of looking for her. That's where the anime kind of starts out. Um, turns out that Veronica has... I don't think she's with the Mafia, but she... I forget exactly who she's working with. But she's tracking down um, these things called uh, fairy tomes. Uh, specifically a black fairy tome, which has to do with uh, fairy possession which is where fairies kind of possess people of their own will rather than organs being transplanted, transplanted into the humans. Um, and we also meet 
uh, at this point, uh, Free Underbar, who is an agent of the organization called Dorothea, who kind of uh, oversees everything fairy-related um, in this uh, kingdom. Um, we start out at a kind of, uh, I guess, an auction where one of the pages of this Black Fairy Tome is being auctioned off. Um, Veronica shows up, kills a couple dudes, and steals the Fairy Tome. Uh, she starts fighting with Free um, as he's there as security. And um, we get to kind of see their fairies in action for the first time. Um, Freeze is kind of like a big wolf kind of looking thing. And I forget what Veronica's looks like. I guess it's not super important. Um, and from there, uh, I guess the, the big point is they're kind of free and Marlia are chasing Veronica. She's trying to escape. Um, Marlia happens to come into this area where there are a bunch of fairies in like glass jars. Um, one of them gets knocked over. And the fairy possesses her, um, giving her the ability to summon a uh, like an avatar as well. Um, and so she starts working with Dorothea, and the show from there it's it goes a lot of places. There are a lot of characters. Um, it would take hours for me to just kind of explain everything that's going on in this show. It's like a super kind of. Uh, heavy political show with some moments of really good action. Um, there's a lot of a uh, good kind of hmm, like espionage kind of stuff as well. Hmm. Um, the characters are really fantastic. And the, the story is good. Uh, this is a kind of a split core show. So we got the first 12 episodes, I think, uh, in the spring season, and then next season, I believe, we'll get the remaining 12. So, <clears throat> where they leave off in the story is kind of a... Not necessarily a cliffhanger. I feel like they wrapped up the, the story of this one fairly well, all things considered. Uh, but it is really nice to know that we are going to be getting more. Uh, because there are <laughs> lots of questions that still need answering. Um, so one of the things that kind of struck me about this show, uh -huh. um, especially when you drafted, it was way outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, how do you feel it kind of, did it defy expectations? Did, do you feel like it, it sat better with you than you maybe expected early on or, um, or how? I mean, so I guess my fear for it was that it was going to be very, very dark. Mm -hmm. um, and usually when I watch shows that involve politics and politicking, uh, it gets gross in a lot of ways, but that sure. wasn't the case with this one at all. Um, there was definitely some gratuitous violence, uh, a lot of blood, like people die in this show in some pretty messed up ways. Um, but everything felt like it served a purpose and it wasn't outside like believability that these things would happen to these characters. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. How, how, as far as like emotionally, did this show affect you? Were you invested enough that you felt like it, like the character, the characters who perished, did they mean anything to you? Did, yeah. I mean, was there? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
Wow. Um, yeah. Like, <sighs> I think I think there are only two, two or three major deaths. Um, I won't say who because that would be, you know, mm-hmm. a pretty big spoiler. Um, one of them was like uh, pretty intense and done pretty well. Um, it was a bad guy that dies. Um, and it was, I wouldn't say satisfying, but I'm not disappointed that that person died. Sure. Uh, the other one was one of like this Dorothea group kind of, uh, meets an untimely end and that person goes out like a champ and <laughs> it's, it's a real shame that they had to, they yeah. had to, to go and then the last one is gotta love a glorious death man. yes indeed um yeah i mean i the characters were fantastic and like i, I do think it had kind of a slow start um as we mm-hmm. get introduced to all these characters because there are a good number of them um and there is really a lot going on in this story interesting um, a lot of different factions a lot of different alliances and allegiances and people maybe working for someone but they are doing stuff for another person so it can be pretty easy to get lost um but yeah i I feel like i was able to follow it fairly well and yeah it, it was just honestly i enjoyed it far more than i thought i would even though i made it my number one pick that season yeah, yeah, this was a very, I was really curious to hear what you think about the show, and I'm really excited to hear that you sound to have enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, definitely a show I think you guys would enjoy. Um, yeah. So, like, hmm. well, go ahead. Yeah, disclaimer here. Uh-huh. Um, we kind of did what we said we were going to do this season um, off the record as far <laughs> as me dropping a show and you assigning me a show. Yeah. And you gave me the option between this show and another show we'll talk about later uh and this one was the one i was inclined to take because it's much more kind of in my wheelhouse as far Uh as shows that i enjoy yeah Uh, and i decided to take a show that was probably a little out of what i would have considered my comfort zone um ended up being happy with the one i picked but uh you're making me kind of think that i would have loved to also watch the show i think (laughs) you would definitely love to watch this show jeff yeah i think carlos would as well yeah, cool. It sounds interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about a few things, like if they ever get into the ethics of putting animal parts in them, or <laughs> kind of. Um, I mean, it's definitely like so. This t- this takes place post war. So, um, is it like they're... nebulous, like fantasy war, or is it like nebulous altered... fantasy war? Okay. Uh, well, kind of. Like, what do you mean? So by... it's, it's it's not like a this was world war two this was world war one no no this is purely purely fantasy world okay gotcha um so it's uh, pretty much it's illegal to have fairy organs in you Mm. um at this point and those that do have them you can't necessarily have them removed without probably dying i don't know if they ever explicitly say that but i think it's implied um, and so your choice is either, I think you die or you join Dorothea and become an, like a, a policer of fairies. Um, so there's kind of that thing. Um, I don't know if they've really touched on the morals of that kind of thing, but it's just kind of weird. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a fantasy world. So like I like sometimes when they give you a um, a thing like like that clearly wouldn't work. <laughs> if you put animal parts inside you in the real world, you're just going to end up really sick or at worst you're going to end up dead. Yeah. But uh-huh. um, I, I like when they just tell you this works. Don't ask how it how it uh, how but it, just, <laughs> it does and it does this to you. Um, but I would be interested if if there was like a like an aspect, like I said, of, of them discussing ethically what it's like or well, if it's right or wrong to put animal parts in you. I think the the general consensus consensus is that it is wrong oh, okay. and that this was a tool of war uh. um, and something that is you know clearly illegal now to even mess around with um so yeah i think (laughs) it's definitely morally wrong but it's one of those things where war is hell and you gotta do what you gotta do i guess Hmm. right that's kind of cool yeah it sounds like the the scope of the show in in general is something really interesting how did it look i mean the soundtrack and the the visuals were um i i thought it looked absolutely gorgeous um pa works does amazing background work uh in general um and every background in the show was fantastic. Uh, the character designs were all really, really good. Um, I especially liked the main girl, Marlia. Um, and there is a um, a woman who's like the, the head of Dorothea, whose name I cannot remember to save my life. Um, oh, what was her name? Anyways, doesn't really matter, I guess. Uh, but she... I would say all the designs are fairly non-traditional. And that was another thing that was really, really interesting about the show is that none of the characters felt like they fit an archetype. Um, or they weren't constrained by the archetype that they necessarily, or like they probably would have been under any other show. Like It's the, good writing in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the glasses girl isn't nerdy or anything. Um, she's pretty badass in her own way. Um, but she had glasses, man. Well, there, there was one girl that had glasses. Downgrade. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know the one thing that people probably had a problem with was that all of the fairies are three D CG. Mm. Um, but to me, it was perfectly fine. Like. It, the the styles and art definitely clashed. Um, it felt like the the art on the fairies was kind of more cell shady kind of um, compared to that's the rest nice, of the world. Though. So they did stand out. Um, but I feel like that's kind of intentional because there are these like supernatural, unnatural things, and they should stand out <laughs> when they get summoned. Sure. Like that. Yeah, otherworldly things should look otherworldly. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so I didn't have a problem with it at all. I know some people did, but that's fine. Um, any other stuff that you guys have questions about? No, not that I can think of right now. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'm trying to think of like what a comparison would be and it's so hard. Like, cause I don't usually watch kind of like dark fantasies. Like I feel like if. Grand Crest War was actually good. That's probably be comparable. <laughs> that's a big. That's a like, big. Okay, comparison. so so take the take the feel of Grand Crest War, like the the setting and the kind of the tone, mm-hmm. and then kind of mix it with Akka. 
Yeah, I, hmm. I was thinking Akko when you were talking about like, but I'm like, okay, so it's Akko without the, the like the cute um, little sister scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I wish I got those in the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that would, I guess, be how I would kind of describe it. Um, it's really good. You guys should definitely watch it, and uh, you can join me for the second half next season. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there, I was gonna say, yeah, it it is getting a second half, so may, that makes me more inclined to watch it because otherwise, it's yeah. going on the never moving list. <laughs> yep, the ever growing <laughs> list that's only getting cleared out by the group watch. <laughs> so I think for this one, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, just mostly because it feels unfinished. Uh, because it is unfinished so we'll see how uh the second half of it kind of wraps everything up and you know that score is definitely subject to change but that's where i'm kind of uh sitting right now with it sure do you know is this like a season one like when it continues it'll be season two or they just took kind of a break on the uh i think it was just kind of a, a break i'm sure it'll be you know billed as season two or whatever because that's sure. how they do it. But I don't think it's. It doesn't really matter. It's just it a didn't continuation. wrap up and like the story didn't wrap up for season one or anything. No, it no. clearly needs to continue. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, the next show is one of my shows from the winter season. Uh, Dor- <laughs> Dororo finally wrapped up uh, a while ago. Um, and I finally finished it not too long ago. Um, this is a, uh, like at this point, 50 year old property that's, uh, being redone, uh, in mm-hmm. a similar vein to Megalobox. And I, I'm sure there are others. I just can't think of them offhand. Um, Dororo is, uh, another fantasy, uh, but set in feudal Japan. Um, and, uh, it's, how do i put this what was that that samurai show we watched not too long ago jeff um the one about the mongolian invasion um oh geez i forget the name um yeah i i I can't uh recall the name but it's kind of like that i mean it's a similar feel with like the whole you know the angle moist angle moist thank you like the the dark and grittier type of like samurai type show uh but with more fantasy elements because they're giant monsters. Um, the story of, of, I was about to say Engelmois, of Dororo uh, <laughs> starts with um, a man named Kagimitsu Daigo, who is uh, the daimyo of his uh, local province. Um, the timeline's a little bit fucky. Uh, so, because at the end of the show, they say that the Warring States period is about to begin. So, pre-Sengoku Jidai Japan so I mean like the stuff was pretty contentious back then too but um so uh I'll just call him Daigo from here on out because that that's what a lot of people call him um Daigo is kind of shaken by a prophecy that no matter what he does like his land is always going to be at least under his rule his land's going to be impoverished constantly beset by disaster uh, by natural disaster and famine and all this kind of stuff um and kind of you know fearing the fact that eventually someone is just going to come and and you know another 
feudal lord's going to come and take his land. He goes to this like temple, the shrine, like near his residence called the Hall of Hell. And uh, he prays to these, these, I think it's like 12 demons. Um, yeah, it's uh, 12 demons. Uh, he says, I'll give you anything you want so long as you ensure my family's, you know, prosperity and my, the prosperity of my land and my people. And uh, what do you call it? He receives like a lightning strike on the forehead uh, as confirmation. <laughs> the gods and demons of ancient Japan are weird. Uh, but his wife is pregnant. And when she gives birth, she gives birth to a really malformed baby. Um, no skin, no nose, no eyes, no arms, no legs. Really just a torso and a head and muscle. And obviously, oh my God. yeah. Um, when she gives birth, the head of this, like, this uh, Buddhist statue or Shinto statue, can't tell the difference. Um, like, the head kind of pops off of it. And that becomes a plot point later. Um, but, uh, so yeah, they, they have this malformed baby. And... At once, Daigo knows this was the price he paid for, for you know the demon's, uh, quote unquote blessing. So he gives the baby to a midwife, and with the instructions to kill it, you know, to go drown it in the river. Uh, she instead she puts it in a boat and sends it off downriver. And before anybody could ask her about this, a demon eats her. So there, there goes all those plot points. Um. Uh, we fast forward a little bit, but I'm just going to keep going with this story. Uh, so this boy or this, you know, thing uh, floats on down the river until he run. It runs into the boat runs into uh, a man named Jukai and Jukai has his own little backstory. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. Uh, suffice it to say he had a really fucked up job. He tried to make it right. And then people found out about his fucked up past and they got really angry. So he was essentially a crucifier for a lord who would nail people to well wood um and then he tried to you know make up for his previous actions by becoming well he was already a doctor so trying to become a doctor who you know fit really good prosthetics on people uh but then his adopted son found out or not adopted son but his like apprentice found out what he did uh and he was a victim of the whole crucifixion evil lord thing so yeah, he so now Jukai kind of wanders bat from battlefield to battlefield, putting prosthetics on dead people as kind of this weird method of atonement. Um he finds he finds the baby, he brings him home, and he starts fitting him with prosthetics. Uh he puts a mask on his face that looks like a face, gives him a wig, um, puts prosthetic arms and legs on him. Um so Essentially, he can move around. They never explain how he's able to move around so well with prosthetics. Of like he wiggles question mark, but it you know he's got mostly natural movement. With again, this is feudal Japan fantasy setting. He's able to do this because he's able to do this. Uh -huh. uh, and Jukai gave, gives the the boy the name Hyakimaru, and that's his name forever. Um, so Hyakimaru, uh, he can. He can't really see because, again, he has no eyes, but he 
can sense in a in a in a sense um <laughs> like he sees he he can see people's souls here he can see the souls of everything uh grass and vegetation he sees is just green um people he sees as white um but demons he sees as like this deep red so he kind of endeavors to start like just wander the land eventually um when he comes of age which is you know japan he's probably like 15 um like just kind of seeking out people who need help and and you know slaying demons and stuff like that and it's around this point that we come to the first episode where he meets the namesake of the show uh dororo is kind of like this like minor thief um and he finds dororo on the side of the road being beaten up by uh people uh dororo was trying to steal from and he just kind of like leaves because it's like well they're all humans he's that, that's another thing. Hyakimaru does not normally kill humans. Actually, I don't think he ever kills us. No, he does. He does. Okay. Normally, he doesn't kill humans. Um, he'll only kill demons. Uh, but, like, right at that moment, a demon pops up and eats the guys who were beating up Dororo. So, uh, Hyakimaru goes uh, in this really awesome fight scene, uh, kills the fir- his first demon, uh, with these, like, his prosthetics, he can pull off the prosthetics and underneath them are swords. So he's kind of like, it's kind of like he's fighting with his arm stumps that are also katana blades. Um, <laughs> and when he kills the first demon, I forget what exactly he gets back first. But for every demon he kills uh, that was part of the 12, he gets a body part back. Because the demons ate his bot like, his those pieces of his body and took them from him when he was a baby. So for every demon he kills, he gets a body part back. I, do, I think he might get skin back first. Maybe not. I don't remember what exactly it is. But um, so yeah, uh, the, the story just becomes then because uh, Dororo is like, I can follow this guy around. Uh, he's pretty badass. She starts calling. Uh, I should say, spoiler, 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 spoilers, spoilers again. Because Dororo's a girl, and we don't learn that initially. Dororo looks like a boy, dresses like a boy, talks like a boy. She even calls Haki Hyakimaru Aniki. Um, so, because she was raised like a boy by her father. Dororo's got a really super tragic backstory. I don't want to... There's so many characters, and it's so good, but there's so <laughs> much backstory I can get into. <clears throat> Suffice it to say, Dororo's mom and dad were bandits, kind of. They were kind of like Robin Hood-type bandits who were sick of the way the country was going with samurais taking from the lower class and essentially giving them their boot in return um, or killing if they weren't outright killing them. So her, her dad was like a, a Robin Hood, type, Robin Hood type figure with like his band of bandits and stuff like that. Um, his, her, uh, her dad gets betrayed and um, eventually her mom and, and her have to wander. Uh, and then her mom eventually just dies of starvation um, and that's how Dororo becomes the thief that she is. Um, really super sad backstory, but it's so good. Oh, yeah. So, so good. Um, and from like from episode one to uh, pretty early on, like like 10 or 11 or uh, it's just Hyakimaru and Dororo almost kind of like monster of the week kind of thing hmm. until uh daigo starts to realize that the the demon statues in the hall of hell are starting to crack and break 
and stuff in the land of Daigo, which is like that's actually what his prefecture is called, is starting to get worse. Um, like starting with the drought, like there's absolutely no rain for the longest time. They start to realize that uh, Yakimato, or you know, the son he didn't name, is alive out there somewhere. Um, and it's at this time the mom also knows because the you know the mom bored uh bored, bored Igo another son uh his name is uh Tahomoru but she's constantly sad throughout like the first half of the show because she lost a baby yeah um so like yeah they start to realize he starts to realize that you know stuff's going south there's all this all these rumors of like war and uh with this other clan who or this other you know samurai faction that's you know seeing the Daigo lands kind of start to lose sway after their years and years of prosperity. Um, so they're, they're moving in and just stuff keeps getting worse as Kyakimaru gets parts back uh, towards the middle of the show. Um, Tahomaru, who's kind of been looking into like why his dad and mom are so goddamn secretive. I mean, yes, they are, you know, samurai elite but they are ridiculously secretive uh he finds out about his uh long lost brother um and he has a like eventually he comes to find out that um uh that you know about the deal with the demons and all this stuff and he has this really heavy like i can't kill him he's my blood you know kind of moment um mm-hmm. The second half of the story, like after the like, because they they actually do eventually fight because uh, Tahomaru comes to the conclusion that the rest of the story kind of hinges on that it's better that one suffers than you know a whole you know group of people, which is the the crux of the show is like you know uh, do the ends justify the means that kind of thing, which I fucking loved in this show. <laughs> I, lo- I I hated Tahomaru, uh, but I loved his character arc. I mean, it's a little basic, kind of like the storytelling. But again, this came out in 1969. I'm willing to forgive it since it was it came out the year my dad turned one. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's just like the the latter half of the show. Um, there there is a little bit of. Uh, I I won't call them spoiler or filler episodes because they're not really like stuff does happen in them, but like towards the end, there's a little bit of a slowdown. Um, like there's an episode where like we already knew this and they were building up towards this. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Dororo's dad had like a bandit stash where he kept like just an absolute ass ton of gold. So there's like a treasure hunting like few episodes, um, featuring the guy who betrayed. Uh, Dororo's dad. Um, uh, there's a bit where uh, Hyakumaru needs to get his swords reforged in a kind of funnier episode because um, you remember Amana Jaku from Ghost Story from Ghost Tales or Ghost sure. Stories. Uh, so there's a demon called Amana Jaku in that one okay. who makes an entire town tell lies. So like they can they can't <laughs> help but but speak lies except for the blacksmith and his daughter. So there's like a funnier bit in there with like Dororo accidentally makes the blacksmith's daughter fall in love with him and because she now wants to marry him he can't say no i have other shit going on he says yes because he's constantly lying because of amanujaku um 
but that one's it's still a really silly just kind of offshoot episode um the last few episodes <coughs> excuse me are fucking epic because <laughs> i i didn't even really go into it but tahomaru has like two uh retainers who he's he like he's known them since childhood they're like his childhood friends but they're also his bodyguards um uh-huh. and like one of them gets like essentially the plague that comes uh from uh hyakumaru getting his body back and the demons now cursing the land uh the other one uh gets an arm lopped off and so they go after him like the man the the fight scenes in this one are really brutal but i i've come to like to realize i really need that like as much as i need my slice of life shows as much as i need my idols i need like and not just we we made the comparison earlier we, we talked about it earlier but not grand crest war i need a show with a complete narrative with all this, the characters you know uh accounted for and not just like a billion of them for no fucking reason uh-huh. and a, a, a centralized narrative and this one really really pulled it off with that but the last few episodes is where it all just kind of came to a head with um like tohomaru and daigo just so blinded by the desire for prosperity uh that they're you know refused to give you know hyakimaru is due and hyakimaru is so blinded by the desire to have a complete body um that he almost is willing to kill his own family um there's this great bit where like um because uh tahomaru loses an eye to dororo in like their first fight so when he like him and his retainers accept the the demon's gift um both retainers get uh, one of Dororo's arms and then Hyakimaru gets both of his eyes so he's got like this weird three eye thing going um, and then there's a fight the final fight in the in the castle because I, I was gonna say the final fight in the Daigo castle that's burning down because it's a samurai drama and of course the castle's burning down around them <laughs> it's so fucking good it's two episodes of just pure like sword fighting joy for me um yeah, I, I, I'm skipping over so, so... There's so much that the show did right for me. Um, the ending uh, of the sword fight... I mean, I'm just going to spoil it. Um, you know, Hyakimaru spares Tahomaru. I mean, kind of. Tahomaru's pretty cut up. Uh, uh-huh. But Tahomaru, because Hyakimaru is able to stop himself short of killing him because he had him, digs this the two eyes that he had of dororo's out of his skull and like throws them to him um and this part of the ending is weird the mom and jukai the doctor who you know who helped hyakimaru in the beginning they they are in the burning castle as well and the mom stays with tahomaru as he dies because he's very clearly bleeding out um even if you know uh hyakimaru didn't like give him the final stab he's he's not living and he just dug two eyes out of his skull um but the you know everything's burning out down around them and the mom just kind of decides she's going to stay with tahomaru as he dies and die with him in the burning castle you know kind of as an atonement for her sins and kind of as like you know i'd rather die than let my son die alone that kind of thing that made sense to me jukai just decides to stay there too and die (laughs) it's like why that uh-huh. that part didn't make any sense but it's like it, for his character it kind of did because he was kind of 
like after his backstory gets told, he's kind of like just a walking corpse until he meets Shakimaru. Um, a few other things like uh, Daigo. I, while the whole fight is going on, Daigo, the 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 guy for whom this whole thing happened, uh, he he's out in battle with the other samurai clan. They never specify whether he won or lost the battles. It's implied that he lost, but if he lost, it's not really said why he was alive at the end because he is alive at the end. And at the end, Dororo um, walks to the Hall of Hell uh, where he is. Um, and instead of killing him, he like thrusts his sword through his helmet, which is sitting on the floor. Uh, and, you know, I, I just... I love this part so much that I can't help but spoil it because like, what do you call it? Uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the dad like is lamenting. He's like, I should have, I shouldn't have like the one thing I regret in my life uh, is, is not strangling you right then and there was giving you to the midwife and all that stuff. And when he stabs, when he doesn't, you know, stab, stab his dad either. Um, he's like, you know, you have to live with yourself, you know, um, like i'm a person like i we're not demons and stuff like that we shouldn't give ourselves to demons and the whole message like i I can't quote him word for word was you know like it's your ends didn't justify the means and like in that moment like uh daigo realizes that had he let hyakimaru live hyakimaru probably would have led their clan into prosperity like he probably would have died kind of as a failure of a daimyo but hyakimaru would have led the daigo clan into into the future uh past all the the famines and whatnot um and he kind of like comes to regret it because i guess the the whole crux of it is that the demons were wanted hyakimaru for his will to live um Hmm. the end of the show has dororo that there's a like a group of peasants who are like it's kind of like where her dad was in like the whole fuck samurai like the whole you know waiting for them to come and kill us or you know burn our villages and take our shit like this sucks and she tells them hey i have this mountain full of gold i know where it is we can essentially become as powerful as as samurai um and dororo i'm sorry and um hyakimaru kind of goes off on his own uh like journey of kind of self-discovery now with the full body because he has to learn like he very recently found out what it's like to have arms and hands and like his most recent acquisition were eyeballs so um he's off on a sightseeing tour of japan i guess the the end of it uh we see like an older dororo who actually really good looking uh finding uh, you know at this point an older uh hyakimaru I wouldn't mind more like because I'd like to see them like in their like when they're older. Um, But honestly, this is probably the most interesting their lives will ever get. Uh, Well, I don't know. Considering the end does say like uh, right after this that like Sengoku Jidai is about to start. That's a pretty interesting time in Japanese history. Um, Yeah, it's. It is a very complete story with like kind of monster of the week at the beginning <coughs> and then just balls to the wall, like samurai action at the end, uh, which I fucking loved. Um, I didn't even mention the monk. There's this old monk that that travels around with him every now and again. He's kind of like 
he's he's kind of like a cheaper character because he's always there right when they need him. Um, but I still like that character. His name was uh, Biwamaru. Um, hmm. And at the end, we get this like this saying that like maybe he used to be a samurai when he was younger. It's really weird. I don't know, but he's a pretty cool character. But again, he is a kind of like a cop out, like um, almost a Deus Ex Machina character because it's like, oh no, Dororo's like got her arm stuck under like a boulder, and uh, what do you call it? This well, not under a boulder, like kind of wedged in between two boulders, and um, this uh, this spring just kind of magically, well, not magically appeared, like it got shaken up by the earth. So now like the area that she's in is filling up with water and she's stuck in place. So eventually she's going to drown and nope, here comes Biwamaru with his like crazy loot sword. And he just pries the, <laughs> he pries the boulders apart and gets her arm out of there. It's like, you know, Hyakimaru could have done this with his arms. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's a bit of discontinuity sometimes, but overall the the whole thing is just, it's so much fun. To watch. I mean, there are there are some real fucking downers in this show, uh, but I think I liked it for that. Um, uh, in one of the ep- or in in one of the episode chains, there's a a, a prostitute, uh, a young girl who's moving between enemy camps. Um, like that, I love that storyline so much. It was so hard to watch. It wasn't hard to watch because it's not like she's a prostitute. She's not getting raped, but it's she's doing what she has to do to survive, which is hard to watch but um like the ending to that one was sad but it was so good yeah i i can't really recommend this show enough and it, i'm just sad that it's on amazon so nobody's gonna watch it <laughs> uh again animation quality is fantastic um not always the best but like when it counts it's excellent there are some dips towards the end but like during fights i was never disappointed i was always edge of my seat you know, wondering what happens next. Obviously, I wasn't like, oh, shit, Yakimata's going to die. Towards the end, I was wondering, but um, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough, especially if you like samurai dramas and like the whole fantasy thing. This is a fan-fucking-tastic show. Uh, and with that said, I'm struggling. I really want to give it a five, <laughs> but I'm also like, is this 91 days level of of like awesome drama action type <sighs> you know what yeah i'm gonna give it a five i fucking love dororo i don't care what anyone says <laughs> sounds good <laughs> the only opinion uh, the only opinion that matters is yours carlos yeah that's it's there are some things that like i that should probably dock it in my book like you know with the the whole continuity thing but God, the fights are so good. and the, It just, it wraps up so fucking good. So good. Give me, give me, give me more balanced seasons where I have like a good slice of life, a good romance, a good action. Just like, give me, <laughs> like this season wasn't that, but I had a good action. Just, you know, I, w- I would love a, a season like that. I feel like this season's a lot like that, but yeah, we'll see how we're feeling come review cast time. <laughs> probably a couple weeks um <laughs> it actually sounds unbelievable i mean like character development in the, in the truest sense huh? <laughs> it, it sounds like this character had development in the truest sense oh, all, physically all, and of the, all the characters have development all of it, them like just 
The only one who doesn't kind of is the dad, but like towards the end, it, it, it is very abrupt. But even Tahomu mm-hmm. has has a, a really, really swingy arc. But fuck, I love it. It's so good. Anyway, yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, definitely watch it. <laughs> it's only so many shows I can watch, guys. Stop, stop giving these great reviews. <laughs> <of shows. laughs> I don't even know how to follow up that review. Damn. <laughs> Um, the next one on the list here is a show that I drafted called We Never Learn, um, or Bokutachi wa Benkyo ga Denkinai is the Japanese title. Um, and this one is kind of a, uh, etchy romance harem comedy, I guess would be the tags I would use for it, um, about a guy named Naryuki who is a third-year high school student, um, and his goal is to get um, this nomination from his school, which would pretty much guarantee that he could go to uh, whatever college he wants. Um, The catch is that in order to secure this, the president of his school tells him that he has to tutor the two smartest girls uh, in the third year. Um, And it turns out that those girls, while super smart in a lot of ways, want to to pursue careers in subjects that they are just awful at. Um, The girls in question are uh, Fumino Furuhashi, who is very uh, good at literature and um, language and stuff like that. Um, but she wants to pursue astrology and mathematics, uh, which she is awful at. Um, and the other girl, uh, that we first meet is Rizu Okata, who is like a super genius when it comes to science and chemistry. Uh, but she wants to, um, I guess, pursue more literal arts, um, as her passion. Um, and so the anime is pretty much kind of Naruki helping these girls to achieve their goals, despite all of the, uh, obstacles and opposition, um, that there is, um, surrounding these two, um, because most of the adults in the show and I guess like the main theme of the show um, is that everyone is telling them it's just a waste to not pursue something that you're good at uh, rather than to pursue something that you enjoy. Um, and so it's kind of dealing with, you know, finding out whether or not it is right to pursue something that you enjoy doing rather than something that you know you will be good at and that you could have success in. Um, The other characters uh, worth mentioning um, is Naruki's childhood friend, Uraka Takemoto, who's like a um, superstar swimmer for their school. Uh, Super athletic. Uh, You would love her, Carlos. She's tanned. (laughs) I've seen her. uh, I do love her. Yeah. Has some great tan lines. Um, I actually, I didn't think I was going to like her, um, but 
I was really, really surprised about how fantastic of a character she actually is. Um, she's the most, I guess, romantic in a lot of ways, which surprised me because she's also the sporty one. Um, so they did a good job of kind of breaking character molds in that way in the show. Um, and yeah, by the end, I, I really, really enjoyed her. It, the show, I thought I knew who I was going to be rooting for uh, pretty much the entire time. But by the end, it's <laughs> not so clear to me. Um, and this is a show that's getting a second season as well. Yet another one so, that I have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would really enjoy this one. Um, other characters, uh, kind of later into the series, we meet uh, Asami Koninami, who is a graduate of the high school. Uh, she's a, a 19 year old who secretly works at a maid cafe. Um, Hi, Kotori. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And the the bits, like, she does, like, the whole personality switch when she becomes a maid because she's kind of a, I don't want to say a jerk, but she's very kind of um, blunt as a as an individual. Uh, but she's also super short, uh, and um, everyone thinks that she's, like, a middle schooler uh, playing on that kind of trope. <laughs> uh, but she was fantastic. Um, and then my favorite character in the show and the one that I would love for him to end up with, but there's just no way that it would work out in any, I guess, moral way, uh, though he is almost done with high school, is their teacher, um, Mafuyu Kirisu, who is just the best. I just I love um, I, I love your 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 quick moralizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, like, I know it's not you know it's like hey, hey, no, no. I am right there it. with you, man. If, if you're looking for an ally, you have one in me, Carlos. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I watched enough hentai to enjoy this. So long as he's out of high school, we're good. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I don't think she's that much older. I mean, they um, never are they, in they, in well, anime. Yeah, I, I would imagine she's mid twenties. Um. Maybe a little older than that, but especially when the teacher's a dragon lolly. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> nice. Um but uh so yeah, these these girls, they kind of we we find out that they've been kind of going through tutors um at a breakneck pace um because every tutor can't make any progress with them. Um, because they want to pursue these subjects that they're just not good at. Um, and it started with uh, Kirisu, the teacher. She was their first tutor. And her stance is that they should absolutely pursue something they're good at. Um, otherwise, they're going to regret it uh, later in their life. And we come to find out that when she was uh, in high school, instead of pursuing academics, she pursued uh, figure skating. And uh, she was an Olympic figure skater, I believe. Um, but the life of a figure skater uh, professionally is very, very short. Um, and she's at the point in her life where she regrets not being able to pursue something that she was more inclined to use later in life that she could actually apply. Um, and so she comes off as like a really cold person. Um, like you know telling these these kids to do what they're good at not what they love um so that they can find happiness later in life but she's like super 
caring. She cares about all these students like a lot. Um, and she's just unbelievably cute in a lot of ways. She has like this expression that I don't know if I've seen in anime before where it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it's a cold look, I guess. Um, here, I'll link you guys a video of some of her uh, better moments so you can kind of get an idea right. of what I'm talking about. Love it. Uh, Let's get some video in here. Hell yeah. What do you call it? I Going back to what you were saying about like the whole like she comes off as cold. I think when I was younger, if someone told me, you know, uh, do what you're good at, not what you love, I probably would have thought that they were being, you know, a jerk or something like that. But as I get uh -huh. older, I'm like, I mean, don't tell people not to do what they love, but tell them sure. to consider. <laughs> you know? I have so many regrets. Like, that's advice that I could have used, yeah. probably. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's so harsh sounding, but I get it. Like, I completely understand her frame of mind and, mm -hmm. you know, where she's coming from. Um, but... I, I'm assuming there's a dare for her. Right? I'm watching her and she, she definitely... I wish I had the word for how to describe her, but yeah, she's got kind of a, she's like, she's got an intensity to her. Look exactly. Cause I yeah. really, really Holy appreciate shit. it. What the fuck? <laughs> she caught that cat. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy's trying to save a cat in a tree. He's climbing up the tree. The cat jumps and she catches it. And then it looks like she maybe trips yeah. afterwards. Yeah. She rolls her ankle on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she's kind of unfortunate in a lot of ways. She's Aww. a disaster of a girl, honestly. No, we have a, like <laughs> we, we have another unfortunate girl to talk about later. Oh too. my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> no, that's but, the first the yeah. first thing I thought as well when uh, he said disaster yeah. of a girl. Uh, but yeah, I love I love Curious Who. Um, there's so many. She gets so many really good character <laughs> episodes later on. Like there, I think there are two episodes back to back where they're like just about her, and it's just fantastic. Um, but yeah. I, it was just a really fun show. Um, Fumino, the blue-haired girl uh, who wants to pursue the sciences. Um, she's kind of complicated because early on, Ogata, uh, Rizu, the little girl who wants to do literary stuff, um, she kind of develops feelings for our main character, Naruyuki. Um, and uh, Uraka, the uh, tanned athletic girl, is a uh, kind of childhood friend type um, of Naruyuki. Um, she's known him since like early middle school days. Um, and they're both kind of like not so secretly crushing on him. Um, and Fumino kind of tries to play matchmaker in a lot of ways. But over time, she kind of starts to fall for him as well. Because um, that's just how these kinds of shows go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, all the characters were fantastic. Um, there were a lot of tropey moments that I, you know, maybe kind of like facepalm a little bit. Um, there was so much etchy in the show that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> um, there's a, a couple pretty good bath scenes. I wonder if they're going to do, um, like a version of this when they release on Blu-ray that's uncensored. Uh, cause that could be pretty interesting. And by interesting, I mean lewd and fantastic. Surprised Etchy is best Etchy. Yeah. Um, there's an episode where 
So I guess I haven't explained Ariyuki's situation. His family is fairly poor. Uh, I don't know what happened to his dad, but his dad's not around, whether he passed away or went off, who knows. Um, So his mom works and he's got two, I think, like twin, really young brother and sister. And he's got a a younger sister in middle school. Um, And from a young age, um, Naruki has never been good at anything, and he's worked super hard to get to where he has academically. Um, nothing's ever came naturally to him. And so what really struck a chord with him when these girls uh, came to him for you know tutoring after all these people are saying, you know, don't do this if you can't do it. Well, he couldn't do it, and he did it anyways. So he's like, they can do it too. And they do get better over the course of the show. Um, but, um, anyways, that was a, a tangent to kind of say that his mom got sick one day and he had to go help out at her workplace and she works at a lingerie shop <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, he gets so embarrassed that he's working there that the other lady that works there puts him in a mascot outfit. Um, and then she has to go away cause I guess her daughter was sick or something like that. So he's running this lingerie shop by himself in a mascot outfit that he can't get out of. Um, and of course all the girls <laughs> come in, um, and there's some really good kind of etchy moments. Uh, so I don't know. It, it was a, a lot of fun. Um, and I really, really do look forward to the second season. Uh, so I think I'm going to give this one a four as well. Um, nice. Good, good comedy. And I don't like comedy. So that's saying something. Wow. Got a lot of force. It's been a solid yeah. season so far. Yeah. It's well, been... say, I, I was going to say this for the end, but like, despite how well the season did for us when the shows we watch, the, that precludes all like we normally watch a lot more shows than this sure there are a lot of shows it's true maybe they were good they just weren't terribly interesting so the ones we picked apparently the cream of the crop so yeah <laughs> no kidding i mean i'm looking through our first cast and so far we've done this cast and there's only one show below four yep and we're just three. too nice to shows guys we might be Neither. we might just be really too nice to shows but that's yeah, yeah. I mean, we do Hell this yeah. because we, we, we do an anime podcast because we enjoy anime. So yeah. I don't yeah. know that that's necessarily... If you want to uh, hear us really dislike shows, and uh, go back and listen to a few of the other ones where maybe I I <laughs> shit on a show or Logan hated a show. Like we, We've definitely had those. It's just apparently not... Go, listen, yeah. go listen to the, uh, the High Fury podcast. <sighs> Please don't. Was that a podcast? I, that thought we, I thought we were writing at that I point. I think it was before. Yeah. 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 Was it? Yeah. yeah. But okay, go listen between to the, the sky and the sea, though. Podcast. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of options. Anyways, <laughs> next show here. Jeff, this, this is show yours. is about a guy with a shield who I'm what? trying to get a girl with a shield on Magia Record, and she did not come for me. <laughs> damn it. Focus. She's a two-star, and I got the damn four-star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Shield Hero. I finally get the opportunity to review Shield Hero after two cores, and this has been a show that has probably been the highlight of the last couple seasons, or one of the highlights anyway. Um, it's been a very pleasant surprise coming from a genre that is isekai that I do enjoy generally, but I think it's kind of been 
recently considered relatively overdone. Uh, I think we've got a lot of isekai stuff coming out, has come out for years. I think a lot of people probably hate on Shield Hero without even watching it because it's isekai. But uh, we have, again, characters summoned from Japan to fill the roles of heroes in this fantasy world where they will be in charge, or I should say they're the heroes who are called upon to save this world from the waves. So I think like Rift, like an MMORPG or like Rift where these like big kind of portals open up in the sky and monsters flow into the world. And hmm. um, That was a fun MMO the, for a little bit. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Rift for a while, yeah. Uh, and so the people, at the point that they're summoned, it sounds like they've already survived a a wave but these waves progressively get more and more difficult well i think uh, it was like they had had heroes beforehand but they know that like the the, the telltale signs of a wave is coming have like the prof- prophesized signs mm-hmm. have showed hey a wave's coming you know go go summon you some heroes Sure. Yeah. And and the heroes are basically necessary because they can level up and they are more powerful and they have the special um, weapons. Uh, And we follow the main character who is a shield hero. There's also a sword hero, a bow hero, and a spear hero. Um, And they all are, when they come into this world, the king kind of summons them to his chamber and or his throne room or whatever. And says, I'm going to give you all 500 gold, which we come to find out is a lot of freaking gold. And um, you're going to go and buy the things you need and you're going to save the world from certain damnation uh, to these these portals that are about to open up in in the very near future. And they are all given kind of a party. They're given kind of some people to follow them around. And Shield Hero gets this, this girl. And she is very doting. On the shield hero, she's very sweet. She she's showing him all this attention. She's very quickly though. You kind of realize that uh, Malty, I believe, was her name. Mm-hmm. Um, Malty uh, clearly seems to have ulterior motives. Uh, they they he buys her all of this gear. She's very much like kind of flirting with him to get him she, to buy her the best gear. She 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 <laughs> she, she, she basically could have been carrying around a neon sign saying, "I'm about to fuck you over." Yeah, exactly. I, I think when it became it was if it wasn't obvious already when it became really obvious that she was like trying to get him drunk and wanted to she was like trying to get him to come on to her. Um and immediately you kind of realize like, oh god, I kind of see what she's doing here. So Shield Hero, being the, the gentleman that he is, says, No, I'm gonna go back to my room and I'm not we're not gonna do this. And the next day, he's basically pulled out of his chambers, his uh, his in room that he has, uh, being arrested because she has accused him of raping her or uh, assaulting her. Um, and he's brought before the king. And uh, from this point on, <laughs> the shield hero is treated as a villain in this world. Uh, he's still a hero. They need him to survive. They need all four of the heroes in order to survive these waves. But Shield Hero from this point on is treated like a criminal in the world. The, the king hates him. The girl hates, you know, the girl The girl and the king clearly have something against, they're, they're trying to set him up. It, it's revealed too that hate the girl is, is the princess. Right. And, and yeah, the, the girl ends up being the princess. I think that's relatively quickly. Yeah, they reveal it's pretty that. quick. Um, uh, 
and the populace of this world is basically treats him as if he is scum, which, you know, interestingly, I think that this is, I think this came out in the news too, with a lot of people who were really against this because with the whole Me Too movement and all this stuff, it was like this was a guy who was falsely accused. And, and I think there were a lot of people who were reviewing this that were thinking that that was wrong, that they portrayed that in the show, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. But um, he was falsely accused of something and being treated as a villain in the world. And he basically took that and was like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to just figure it out on my own. So he, he ends up buying a slave, uh, who is a raccoon girl named Raftalia, a little girl. She is really, really cute. <laughs> and he buys her and he treats her very well. And they start fighting together. They're they're They end up, he's, she's all she, he has at this point. He's the shield hero. He can't fight I mean, on his own. Very well is subjective to the, condition she was in before he, uh, he treats her like true. shit she's just treated like less shit than other slaves oh. now fumi at this point is very jaded like he goes from zero to jaded in no time granted a you know a, a false rape accusation could do that to you but at, to, right. to that extent like he's i mean he forces her to kill uh and tells her if she doesn't that she's going right back into the you know she's going back it's true yeah he definitely kind of he he has become very jaded and he doesn't he doesn't you're right he doesn't necessarily treat her great um like credit where credit's due he has an arc eventually but at this point he goes from like you know sleepy little nerd who just kind of got sucked sucked into a book to you know jaded war veteran in like two seconds flat it's true. And uh-huh. he basically hates the world and he hates everyone in it at this point. Um, though I, I think generally he he's not cruel to her. He definitely – she's a slave. She basically is – she has a crest on her that basically forces her to obey him. Um, and he takes advantage of that a couple times and I think it is pretty – it's pretty hard to watch at, at, at certain points where he basically forces her to to fight for him. Um, but as you said, kind of over time, he grows to care for her more. Um, she grows to care for him and they begin to, to kind of work together and fight together. Uh, especially as he has to deal with this world that he's living in that is out to get him essentially. I mean, there's no way around it in every, in every aspect. Early on, it was hard to watch because it it just seemed like one like shitty thing piled on top of the other. It just was ceaseless yeah. and never ending. But like Raftalia um, and other characters eventually kind of broke up the monotony of that and and actually enjoyed the series a little bit more after their introduction. Yeah. And, you know, it, yeah, Raftalia, it, it, she's actually kind of neat, too, because as she levels up and they end up kind of they, they, they don't really show a lot of this, but they. They go through the world and they they grind and they level up and in Shield Hero picks up he he realizes his shield can absorb like regents I guess from the monsters he you know kills like basically the flesh from the monsters or items he picks up from the monsters or even just items in general like he, he makes a potion and he gets abilities in his shield it, it kind of shows it in like a branching tree system that you would see in like an RPG where his shield gains new abilities and gains new forms because of it and um 
she grows as she goes from very young looking very like a like a little girl to she grows up into an adult uh, quickly because her race the 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 raccoon race as they gr- grow in levels they grow in maturity i guess physically um curious so she quickly kind of stops right around the time she's a young woman though hey man it's anime <laughs> like i mean eventually she would need to be like a level 70 something are we gonna see like a 70 something year old silver haired you know badass raccoon lady i mean yeah it, it's it's definitely something i can see being a thing people would point out and be annoyed with but i mean really that's what most rpgs are too you don't see your characters in rpgs get old they they, they only get stronger and more adept as they, I, just, uh, I, I feel like they could have done they could have done something else like maybe the the you know the big bad thing is happening years from now and that's why they summon them so early is because you know they eventually wanted them to yeah to level up yeah instead of being like oh no no she's from a race that like levels up until like they're in their 20s and they just stop it's like <laughs> it's so true what the fuck dude you there's so many ways to write this it's to make convenient. it make sense yeah, there, it's very convenient. It even, like to make it convenient, and not make it stupid. Right. Yeah. That that was a, that. You're right. I, I definitely. There are things I love. Like to, before people on that one, like because I I will say just to get this out of the way, I stopped at twelve episodes. I will eventually get back into it, but I stopped, not because I hated it. I didn't hate the show towards the twelfth episode. You know, I was actually starting to enjoy it way way more. Uh, yeah. But these early ones, I was really questioning whether or not I was going to continue. You know, and I think you raise a lot of valid points. I think in general, you know, now Fumi, and and you bring up the fact that he goes from zero to jaded in like an episode. I mean, the the, the thing that happens can definitely do that to somebody. Oh yeah. I mean, just just the it was very it's one thing after the other, yeah. And and like his 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 um, party members, you know, for lack of a better term, the, the fellow heroes, just without. I mean, like. Are they from Japan's with no due process? Like, <laughs> I know, I just, right? This is just the the weakest shit. Um, it's it's true. I mean, I basically hated every character in this show except for Raftali and Nafumi uh, for a very long time. Oh, then we get I, all then the we other get Philo, heroes. She's really cute. Philo's really cute, but at times, I, I, I she was kind of hard to stomach for me as well. Um, <laughs> she, she, Philo, she's also got like a ridiculous amount of like plot convenient abilities and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> So Philo is like a Kokobo, basically, a really fat Kokobo. Chocobo. Chocobo. That's a CH. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, yeah, she she joins the party and she's super powerful and super fast and super great and strong. And um, she eventually gains the ability to turn into a cute little blonde girl with wings on her back. Um I don't want to spoil too much about this show, especially after you started wa- or stopped watching it, because things a lot of no, things I mean, happen. You, you have a lot to. It's of a spoiler cast. I'll eventually, I'll eventually catch yeah. up. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to go through the entire plot, though. And um, I will say, this show it definitely continues with this, and it drags with this whole. Everyone in the world is out to get him. Now, Fumi goes through this where he slowly starts to kind of like help. He he's a decent guy, right? I mean, well, he's he, he, he wants to help out, people, but like he he I, I think that's just one thing I liked about him is is like in keeping mm-hmm. with the whole jaded thing. He sure. he'll help people out A because he has to, B because it gives him experience to level up and all that stuff. Sure. Um but he charges them a price. And 
right. the whole aspect of, of him leveling up through being a merchant and and him gaining experience and quests through that way and him essentially becoming the the cleanup guy for the other the other heroes because the other heroes they'll complete a quest but they don't look at the long-term ramifications of what they're doing mm-hmm. like this i happens over and I over and over again love that part of him though like yep. i actually thought that was a really st- like because it's like if you're going to make these guys so fucking stupid that they don't think that like maybe this chick's lying about you know all this stuff and maybe we hold a trial instead of exiling him for no goddamn reason i mean obviously if he actually did to commit the rape that's a reason but neither here nor there if they're so stupid that they're willing to to follow and and be led by the nose that that they are stupid enough to you know to think of themselves as these grand heroes and and to think of this world as nothing more than a video game rather than a, the living breathing world that it is um so I did I did later on, like I said, later on, I really, really started to like it, despite the fact that they really do drag that whole now Fumi is like like the scum uh, is scum in people's eyes. But little by little, he's kind of like this um, th- this hero that people are like, like there's rumors about him. It's like, oh, is this the rumored, you know, magical sure. medicine man who like goes from place to place? He's kind of a dick. So. I mean, yeah, he he ends up being kind of a medicine man. The first wave that appears while he's there, he ends up saving a town mm-hmm. uh, where the guards are basically like, "Nah, I got better things to do." And there's a there's a there's a sect of guards that kind of are like, "Whoa, these people are being killed by these skeletons." Then um, they stay to help, and and now Fumi stays there, and he basically saves this town from the wave. And they're kind of the first people that are like, this isn't a bad guy. Like he, he's just saved our lives, you know, and there's some of the guards that kind of pick up on that and they start to come back later in the show as well as kind of, they, they will vouch for him and and help out Mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, slowly he, while he still charges, he's still jaded. He still doesn't trust anybody. I think that's generally, he, he loses his trust in all of the people in this world generally. Um, he slowly kind of, I think, because deep down he is a good guy, uh, is doing good things for people. And he's helping people and well, he's saving people. And, and then and, like, um, he, he eventually, like, he has this kind of, like, almost little redemption arc where, um, like, he, he learns to trust 100% in Raftalia, um sure. as, as, like, a, you know, lifetime companion. One complaint about that. Why the fuck did she need to put the slave mark back on? Like she gets, Ugh, she gets freed of her, she gets freed of her slave mark because you know uh, the other heroes make a big stink about it because they're from Japan, and in this world slavery is cool in Japan, obviously not, um, right? And so they free her. Uh, uh, it's not, it's not cool. Actually, that's another thing that's used against him later. Well, but. I thought it was like it, it seems just like a meh, yeah, people have slaves. I think because people do I have slaves and people don't. I don't think I. I think people have slaves, but it's not considered good. It's not a good thing. <laughs> well, well, I mean, either way, like if if you have the system in place and it's like, like, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to think of like a real world comparison. Uh, it's legal to sell cigarettes to people. I mean, that's this is a really shitty metaphor, but like, um, yeah. stick with me. But it's just like, like, it's still a bad thing, but people don't bat an eye. It's like over there, like here, it, it was just a contrivance. It was like, yeah, it's a bad thing, but people aren't going to bat an eye because, hey, shit needs to get done. And I mean, how else are you going to do it? You know, hire people? Pfft, no. Enslave them. Come on. What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, yeah. Like that's the logic in like a whole medieval setting. Uh, so it was just a contrivance. Like 
I mean, I get that 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 it was a contrivance, you know, because there's well, I, the, I think the reason the it's looked him. down upon because it's now Fumi and they're just yeah, looking that, for reasons to hate him. Yeah. But it's also the fact that again, this is kind of another theme in the show is that these animal people are considered basically secondhand. Yeah, they're they're, they're know, considered living beings. So exactly, uh, and and like you know, Raftalia has her whole backstory and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, again, they take the, the, the slave seal off and after her like slave tattoo thing, like wears off of her, she still sticks with Naofumi and is like, Hey, you know, I got your back, you know, whole ride or die thing. Um, and Naofumi, this is where Naofumi's like, holy shit, I can trust somebody in this world. And it's Raftalia. And I was like, this is an amazing way to take that fucking slave mark off and like have this whole thing and. But then she puts it back on herself, and I'm like, "Yeah, what?" Yeah, it didn't make any sense. You're I right. Mean, You're I absolutely mean, right. It, I thought that was British. In the basis, like, like, oh, now she can truly be trusted because she came back into a service. But that's that is the most Uncle Tom shit I've ever fucking seen in an anime. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I was so mad. Um, and then like the yeah, it's like so. This is where I I stopped was so the around the time i stopped was right around the time and actually this was after yeah so th- that was more after this but anyway uh like when when the the uh when malty the the princess is you know the evil princess is now i don't think you mentioned was traveling around with the spear guy because the spear guy is the least intelligent of the three um the guy's an idiot my god i hate his guts yeah but, but like <laughs> like after after she's done traveling around or while she's traveling around with them like after the whole like redemption arc where the the whole kingdom is like oh maybe he's not so bad and the other two heroes are like oh maybe we were wrong um all that stuff um (laughs) there's like the they go back to that town that he saved and like like there's this like mustache twirlingly evil plot for the the spear hero to collect like inordinate amount of taxes on this uh-huh. town and like having taxes to enter and leave the city and all this, you know, just, just kind of ridiculous uh, nonsense. And he, you know, the, uh, now Fumi tries to save them from it, but like they decide to have a race with Philo and uh, Philo against uh, uh, the spear heroes, uh, Chocobo. Um, and Chocobo. <laughs> sure. H is silent. Is it? we're gonna fight you know we're gonna fight uh, but like during the whole fight like the the this is like a like a an issue with like the animation and stuff like that but like the the princess is like trying to sabotage now fumi by like having her spellcasters cast spells and it's like this is your anime animate some fucking bushes in front of those saboteurs because when they're casting in the middle of the street and everyone's like where's that magic coming from <laughs> i don't know the like or like where, like how is all this unfortunate shit happening to naofumi but maybe the guy waving the wand around in the middle of the goddamn road like oh my god just don't don't make it so obvious it's just stupid it's like face palmingly stupid it, it, it was so obvious that that it, it made me hate 
the characters even more and it just made me hate the world even I, more I generally hate i mean them because like it's hard to hate something that's so stupid that like if you're dumb enough yeah. to fall for that as the shield hero and his friends <laughs> and if you're dumb enough as the villain to think that would work and i mean hell it worked but still if you're dumb enough to think that worked, you're all retarded <laughs> yeah well i think that's why especially the spear hero i'm like are you so, like he was so stupid. I just was like, die already. Like, my God, just, just die. Uh, so and now Fumi can maybe go back I, I to the I don't remember exactly what episode that was, but I remember that one being like, all right, I might need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the race thing was kind of weird. And, and it really was. It was cringy because it kept happening over and over and over again where this princess was getting away with just being so evil and so bad and just hating on now Fumi because it comes to light. And this is kind of a, probably a spoiler for that's, you. That's that, fine. I'll, I'll watch it. I'm still going to the, watch it because I hear it, it It turns out pretty good at the towards the end. The, the church that everyone worships and, and essentially in order to kind of ascend. So I guess if you think of like leveling up, you can level up to a certain max level and then you have to kind of ascend your character on. Oh, to that's right. Yeah, yeah. I do remember they, they go to like this big like, um, yeah. uh, what is it? It's like an hourglass. It reminded me of Fire Emblem. When you yeah when you, yeah when you train up uh, units like to the to their next you know right and it's it's a similar kind of theme and in, in I think other RPGs as well where where you get to that max level and you have to kind of branch out or you know in some cases you have to branch out in some cases you just have to ascend your character onto the next kind of class or whatever but he needed to ascend and he needed the church to do that. They have this kind of device inside the church that allows them to do that. It turns out the church in that world worships the sh- the um the spear the sword and the bow but they the the shield is considered like evil <laughs> so um he was just kind of fucked from the beginning honestly and um that kind of ends up being a huge plot point towards the end of the show um i think this is where i probably don't want to spoil things but the church is heavily involved in things that are happening with Naofumi i'll just say that which ends up being a spoiler anyway i guess but um which also ends up being related to why the princess and why the king are so hell bent on treating him like shit. Because when you really think about it, these people want to survive. And well, there's there's also, um, if I remember correctly, like just through the the episodes I watched and and seeing you know updates on Twitter and stuff like that, like the mm-hmm. the queen and another princess are totally on Naofumi's side, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, another princess ends up showing up. You don't realize again. I kind think of I, like did, I did see the episode she was mine. in. Yeah, and she shows up, and she's super cute too. Uh, and she's kind of uh, Melty, I believe is her name. Um, and uh, Melty and Malty. I didn't even realize how similar <laughs> their names were. Uh, she ends up being kind of on Naofumi's side, but again, Naofumi doesn't trust her, especially once he finds out she's the princess. He's like, "Well, no way." I mean, I mean to, you're, be, you're to be family. fair, in that case, yeah, I, I absolutely yeah. understand. Um, so you know, again, without spoiling the entire show, because I really do not want to, because I think there are some pretty decent, even though they're in some cases pretty obvious, but some decent little twists and turns that happen towards the end. I'll just say Naofumi does get some. Uh, retribution <laughs> he does he does get he does get back at some of the people who have been really bad to him towards the end and there's still a lot to come though because some other characters show up uh the, the waves they start to explain why the waves are coming and um, some characters show up that also have motivation 
to kind of work against the heroes. So there's a lot, a lot to look forward to, I think, with the show and in what's to come. Especially at this point where I'm, I'm curious to see where the show goes now because so oh, much not, of the first two cores. No, no, yeah, it still needs to go oh, on. Wow. Um, so much of the first two cores were about Naofumi kind of working his way up into, you know, prominence in the world, uh, earning him earning the trust of people around him, but also earning the trust of the people in the world because the trust, you know, everyone hated him because he was labeled as a criminal. Um, it kind of brings me to like seven deadly sins where you've got these like good characters that everyone in the world hates because they, you know, the government basically says they're evil. Um, and yeah, I'm really curious to see where the show goes from this point on, because that isn't a theme anymore. Now, Fumi at this point ends up, he's actually a hero. He's treated as a hero. Um, he, uh, ends up saving the world. Oh, so that's good to know then. I mean, I, I'm more inclined to, I'm more inclined to, to watch a lot of these shows, um, fairy gone and, and we never learn and, and finish this one. If I know that there's going to be more or the, I mean, and granted, like as popular as this one was, it's just why I'm trying my best not to shit on it. I, I'm not even going to give it a rating. Cause again, I didn't finish it, but, uh, uh, I, I, I'm more inclined to finish it. Now, if a second season opens with him getting like shafted and everyone hating him again, no, I'm good. Thank you. No, you keep yeah, that. Cause then that's, that's boring. I mean, that, that's what I'm, I think most interested in seeing with this show continuing on is how they adapt now because like i said the first two cores so much of it was about him you know being that jaded hated character in the world and him living through that and i really do have to say kind of i loved the way he reacted to it even though it was kind of a really breakneck change in his character so many anime main characters would have reacted differently they would have whined and cried and you know or or tried to tried to win people over with with like you know I mean eventually he does win over people with kindness so it's it's not it's not but he he doesn't like he's not actively trying to do that he's like fuck it I'm I'm going to do what I need to do to finish this up get it over with and hopefully go back to my world because fuck this place yeah um, like this the whole kind of like I'm good because it's a good thing to be good and I'm just gonna save the world because I'm a hero I'm a good person. Yeah, it's like, no, that wasn't Naofumi. Naofumi's like, all right, well, you guys were going to hate me, and then I'm going to hate you too, and I'll just do my own thing. And uh, yeah. if you want my help, then you're going to pay for I it. I will <laughs> say an another thing, and it's in, like another point, and you, you you mentioned it before in its favor, is um, the way in which his powers manifest. Um, like the, the skill tree that you talked about with the shield, I was like, okay, it's a skill tree. That's kind of meh. Uh, but it w it got really interesting. Like he could do just about fucking anything with it. Like, and uh, like the, I, I thought that a lot of the, um, the solutions to his problems that he, he was able to, to, you know, use the shield for were really, really cool and innovative. And like, I was thinking, honestly, it was going to be like, like, you know, coming into this anime without having seen episode one or anything like that, it was going to be like monster of the week. All right, what can he do with the shield today? What can he block? And uh, so I'm, I'm pleasantly, I was pleasantly surprised that it was so, so, so much more than that. Um, from like making medicines to like a crazy ass rage mode, which I thought was fucking cool. Yeah, no, the rage mode was really cool, and, and kind of the the cost that he has to pay yeah. for that rage mode too. Um, 
yeah, that that actually comes into play too later, where like he has this shield that basically, um, it's like a a, dra- a mana drain shield, um, and that plays a huge role in in his final fight. So I, I thought that was really neat. Uh, yeah, I thought it was clever, and and clearly these a lot of these isekai shows, you can tell these people are avid video game and RPG and MMO players. So um, it's always fun to see the ways that they interpret that love of rpgs and mmos into a show that they write so uh and shield here is no different i I agree though uh with you carlos and in a lot of kind of the things that i had to roll my eyes about while the show gained it kept my attention i i continued to enjoy it week after week there were a lot of things that i just had to accept that i didn't necessarily like on this show so to jump into a rating for shield hero I would say at this point in the story, I'm sitting solidly at a four, probably. Um, I I think it's a great show. I enjoyed it a lot. But yeah, definitely no higher than a four. I'd I'd even say I was considering 3.5 for just because of, yeah, a lot of a lot of the concerns I had with I thought it dragged a lot uh, towards that middle section where he was just kind of like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to like do something nice and then I'm just going to get stepped on again. And I thought that that whole thing dragged on way too long. I thought the fact that, um, uh, multi, is it multi or mine? Why is it? Why am I thinking mine? Um, which, which multi which was, one? uh, the, the bad princess. She just was multi. allowed to get away with being a, a complete piece of shit for so long. And I mean, I mean to it, be honest, in fairness, like royalty in, any medieval setting like especially in our own history we're able to do some pretty outrageous shit so yeah yeah it was um it was difficult to kind of stomach that for as long as it happened but overall love the show love raftalia i love philo i like i wouldn't say i love her philo is cute but not my favorite. Raftalia definitely no. like the, like where I'm at. Raftalia is a solid favorite, and from what I understand, everyone else kept oh, that yeah. through to episode twenty five. So Raftalia is absolutely best girl, hundred percent. And um, now Fumi, I like him. I really do like him a lot as a main character. I liked him better um, as the story progressed. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I generally I think that's kind of how it happens, and and I don't think he changed. I, I think I like the way he's written because he he his core values you can tell relatively stay the same um and he he grows pretty naturally i think throughout the story i I think he does grow to hate the world and does get like you said jaded very quickly but i believed it and i understood why and i did too i think after that one episode i was just like yeah i would probably want to burn the world down too if i were you um at at least he learned (laughs) <laughs> yeah and uh he even uh i have to i have to spoil this he officially renames malty bitch that's her new name at the end of this uh, second quarter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like in in like <laughs> do they say it in english you know in japanese english is yeah, bitchy. B- bitchy. bitchy nice <laughs> malty is now officially bitchy nice Okay, well, I'm going to have to watch through the this, this show just to see that then. <laughs> um, Worth it for that. <laughs> that's what now, now I'm questioning myself if that was what it was because it was, it was something like that. I think it was bitchy. But uh, yeah, anyway, so 
the next show, I, I do have to preface this before we move on, is uh -huh. the show that I, the first official show that has been reassigned through our little process. And it was kind of done mm -hmm. off air uh, because I did not watch One Punch Man season two. I drafted it. And because I don't have Hulu and because I didn't want to get Hulu and because I... I'm just bad and I didn't watch it. <laughs> Logan gave me the opportunity to take one of his shows. And as I mentioned, Fairy Gone was one of the options. And um, this next show was the other option. And uh, you will find out in just a few moments what I thought about this next show. But I'm going to let you go ahead and open because I do believe this was your show, Logan. It was one of my picks and the surprise of the season for me, for sure. Um, and that show is Hitori Bochi. Um or I guess the Japanese title is Hitori Bochi no Marumaru Seikatsu. Which, by the way, I do have to just <laughs> say that I realize, and Carlos mentioned this in the draft cast, I believe, and I said it in, yeah. in Discord earlier. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> I realize I, I'm, I'm playing Magia Record in the world, the word endless sorrow or endless solitude, I think, yeah. was translated as Hitori Bochi. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is a tremendously tragic name that they gave yeah. this poor girl uh from what you told me carlos that's not necessarily uh that's a little more dramatic maybe than the actual yeah. translation but still yeah. um it, man what a tragic girl she is but anyway yeah. go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is uh hitori bochi the story about a girl named hitori bochi who is um going into middle school i think yeah she's entering middle school and her only friend um, whose name is Kaiwara, um, basically tells her, because she's going to a different middle school, um, Kai tells Hitori that they can no longer talk to each other until um, Hitori befriends her entire class, I guess, was uh, the goal there, um, which uh, is kind of a difficult thing for Hitori to even imagine because she's a super super shy uh, girl who suffers from extreme social anxiety um, every time she thinks about talking to someone she just like goes into she essentially you know gets in her own head and just imagines how awful it's going to go um, she always means well but she just has such a negative opinion about herself that she can never see other people actually wanting to talk with her um so yeah and her name uh means all alone i guess um here I'll, I'll link you guys the the wikipedia page that has translations for all the characters names because i guess all the character names mean something and uh we'll kind of go through the characters uh just right now so we can kind of get this out of the way uh the first person that she meets and is actually able to befriend is nako uh sunao um and I guess her name is derived from Sunao Nako, which means honest child, which is very, very fitting um, for her character. Yeah, she's like the rock, I think, for Hitori. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the the first friend that Hitori makes and definitely the, yeah, the one that kind of uh, keeps her going, uh, even when she kind of starts to feel down about herself. Um, the next girl is Aru Honsho. Um which I guess her name is 
derived from honshu aru which means having a hidden nature <laughs> which is just hilarious <laughs> oh my god i love aru aru is my favorite character in the show um there's sotoka uh lucky thar i guess is her i don't remember ever name. hearing that last name during no. the, the show but oh i don't know why they Th- that's that's that. not her last name it's R- rakita yeah. isn't it yeah, I don't. I don't know what's up yeah, with that. that a lucky star this, fan decided to name her. <laughs> I guess. Um, and uh, her name is derived from Sotokara Kita, which means came from outside um, because mm. she's a foreigner. <laughs> um, there's Kako Karai, who's the um, public morales officer of her class, I guess. Um, and her name is derived from Kurai Kako, which means dark past. See, I don't remember. Did she have a dark past? I don't remember I don't that. Know ever she, I don't know if we really got much of her past. No. Maybe because, there, I mean, there, there she came into more. the show late. There, I yeah, I believe we will get more. Well, I mean, the show hasn't. There's no second season for this one yet, unfortunately. Um. Anyways, um, there's a bunch of other names. Um, Those are the main I ones, think, though, I think. Yeah. I th- oh, I love the uh, the teacher's name. The teacher's name is Terio Oshi. Oh, I love her. <laughs> and her name is for, derived from Oshiteru Yo, which means I'll teach you, I guess. Um, <laughs> and that's fantastic. Uh-huh. The teacher is the teacher's pretty tragic, too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so many tragic <laughs> characters in this show. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of just uh an anime about this super shy girl hitori bochi um i guess bochi is her first name um as she kind of strives to make friends and open up though to like everyone in her class so that she can eventually become friends with her childhood friend again um and yeah it's just a super cute show as we get to kind of see these characters interact and open up with each other um and we get to see the kind of other sides of all these characters um i guess the the first one is uh nako who is kind of treated like a punk kind of character yeah I guess. she's got dyed is blonde that... hair so everyone everyone thinks yeah. that she's like a you know a punk uh-huh um like a delinquent mm-hmm. the teacher's yeah, literally terrified the of her that's my favorite yeah. <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah the whole bit where she thinks that hitori is like the the yakuza leader of oh my the group god i could not stop laughing at that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, um yeah like you said jeff she's nako's the the kind of the rock for hitori um, as she navigates this tricky water of See, befriending people. Nako's like, she's kind of a, like the quiet jokester type. Yeah, um, she is. She's genuinely a sweet character, but she teases Hitori in like some of the cutest little ways. And uh, I loved watching that kind of, that interaction between the two characters. Yeah, it was always fantastic because um, Hitori had no idea how she what was going on. she considered the other one tragic. Or what was it, tragic? Oh, uh, what, yeah, was, what was the word the... she used? The tragic girl, yeah, yeah. The whole like, I love Aru, uh, just because she does come off as like the the popular girl. I guess she just wants to be popular. Um, but yeah, she, like we find out pretty quick that she just <laughs> has this 
like crippling secret that everything she does just goes yeah. wrong um, because she's a tragic she's girl. unfortunate yeah yeah it was the first time i had heard that uh kind of description for a character or for like a, i guess a character trait of being tragic um i don't know i'd never come across that before in anime or I mean, they or might have like called that. it like clumsy beforehand that would i guess yeah but she's clumsy to like an astonishing degree I, mm-hmm. an astonishing my favorite sequence is where she somehow manages to wear her elementary, elementary school, school backpack out. and then and yes. then the whole outfit the yeah hat. yeah <laughs> i i was like oh how how <laughs> Uh, and then she she, she, she pretends uh, to be like her younger sister and Mieto? Bochy, was it Mieto yeah, or Mieto something? And, yeah, Mieto, and, yeah. and Bochi completely <laughs> believes her. Yeah, completely <laughs> buys into it because that's just the kind of girl that Bochi is. And, and, uh, but yeah, but I mean, like the whole ahead. thing is just is is you know Bochi slowly but surely trying to to make more and more friends. But eventually, I won't say it peters out. Um, it it kind of takes a break to let you enjoy the characters which i appreciated and then she does try to you know make friends with others and like to varying degrees of success um yeah like karai is kind of a work in progress at this mm -hmm. point um i the the, there are the other two girls that she cooks with that are i guess technically she's friends with them so that's cool yeah um but it's also too like like the parts where she's not trying to make friends. It's it's her because uh, she's you know so uh, socially inept feels mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, socially inept. No, no she's no. um that she she's actively tries to keep her friends too. Like I I love the bit oh where she thinks that they forgot her because they've been on a long yeah. holiday. <laughs> I, I don't know if Jeff put this in general chat or like our our our, our it. If he put this, I in think our I sent you a private message. Yeah, it's probably private. He's like, uh, "Hi, this is Jeff. I just want to make sure you didn't forget about me." <laughs> you should just keep on. This is Jeff. It's Jeff. Hi, this is Jeff. Because <laughs> she does that. What she does? What she does? I started watching the show, and this was a couple days after you had signed it to me, and I just thought that would be fun. So yeah, it I, was. I, yeah, <laughs> it was just, fantastic. I saw that text, and I was like, "All right." So yeah, I sent I sent you a message that said, uh, "Hey, Logan, just want to make sure you didn't forget." <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Uh, Logan, don't forget about me. This is Jeff. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, but it doesn't feel like they overplay the like it like they do reuse their gags sometimes. They never feel overplayed. Uh-huh. Like the teacher being yeah. afraid of of uh of uh Sunal. Uh, yeah, she she yeah. like that thing it, it always comes up kind of when you're least expecting it, and it's always fun um mm-hmm. yeah it just like all the gags and, and then they'll you know they'll introduce new ones and there's also some fairly touching moments um like yeah it, oh, the karaoke scene i was gonna say like it, it like they make it seem like kai is kind of uncaring but like at the same time she just doesn't want uh bochi to like you know be attached to her at the hip she wants her to you know kind of spread her wings mm-hmm. a bit but she's also really worried about her and kind of stuff i thought that was really yeah. nice it's so yeah. interesting that scene with Kai and kind of in general, the whole reason the show exists is because is because Kai tells Bochi, like, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. You need to go find friends. And she kind of gives her this extreme task of make friends with the whole class. Um, and it kind of springboards Bochi into making all these really good friends. 
But man, oh man, that karaoke scene was hard to watch. <laughs> oh. I, I like the I um, like the, the the very end of the whole thing, and then and then the the end of the show where you know Kai kind of sees them all millet or you know hanging mm-hmm. around the table. Um, uh-huh. It does give me hope that if there's another season, maybe we'll get some resolution, and Kai will just be yeah. like, "Ah, fuck it, you don't need to make friends with the whole damn class." Yeah, you're doing so well. Yeah, already. I think I don't know if we expect to get more of the show. I think it ended <sighs> on a really nice note. I would, I would, sure. I wouldn't pose more. I certainly, would like to see Bochi's interactions with more characters. I want to see more Kurai because, believe it or not, she's probably my best girl in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was about her. I just thought she was adorable. In fact, it was mm-hmm. funny. I was Tammy walked in on this show for a couple minutes and sat down, and it just happened to be at a scene where Kurai was like telling Bochi to straighten her posture or something and um tammy's words were what a bitch (laughs) (laughs) well i mean she's not wrong (laughs) but i'm like no she's just trying to like be strong (laughs) yeah (laughs) context is important Uh, my 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 favorite was nako i just i love that like you know she was she was just as not socially inept but kind of as alone as bochi because because uh-huh. of you know how people perceived her but like how she like instantly warmed up uh when somebody spoke to her and like even mm-hmm. though she likes to poke fun at you know at aru and there's like that whole rivalry thing she genuinely <laughs> cares about uh, all the members of their group oh man every time she says something aru just headbutts yeah. her <laughs> it's so good <laughs> it's like this weird like like flying headbutt too where she just like comes out yeah. of nowhere and it's funny because it, it's never hard enough to like knock her off her feet she just kind of like leans no. a little bit yeah, yeah it feels like it's like the like the, the slapstick comedy equivalent of like backhanding someone or hitting someone with or a fan like in the, like japanese comedy yeah 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 you know um, i feel like we're probably for people who haven't watched the show we're not doing a great job of convincing them to watch it's, it yeah it's it's, it's hard. a hard show to kind of um describe uh in a way that's convincing to watch because really when you think about plot wise you've got a really really tragically um shy character trying to make friends and i think for people who can relate to that growing up that way i think a lot of us probably can and that may be why this show was so enjoyable uh the interactions she has are not only really touching in some ways, but like you kind of mentioned, both of you guys have mentioned at this point, incredibly comical as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we kind of are jumping into this, just gushing about certain moments we really loved in this show. But I'll be honest, like the, after the first three episodes, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what have I gotten myself into? Like, I have to watch this because I was it was kind of slow and there was some <laughs> kind of cute moments in it. But I, I was kind of like, yeah, this is going to be a tough watch, I think. But man, it just quickly at that point ramped up and i think when i messaged you at the point where it was where i said like uh you know logan don't forget about me <laughs> at that point i was hooked you know and i think that was only uh-huh. like four or five episodes in so mm-hmm. yeah and i am so so happy i watched this show this was by far show of the season for me yeah and it's like i guess some other things like we haven't really talked about Sokata at all because I don't know. She doesn't, I don't feel like she gets enough screen time. There's a lot of mystery surrounding her. Agreed. Um, but I felt like she was in some ways an even more tragic character mm-hmm. than everyone else. Um, because for some reason she's living in Japan alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like her relationship 
with Bochi starts by her becoming the apprentice to Bochi because she wants to learn how to be a ninja for some some reason. And yeah. uh, she thinks uh, Bochi's a ninja. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that they like didn't overuse the comedic aspect of that. And yeah. that they turned that into kind of a character growth thing where she reached the point where she's like, I don't want to be the apprentice anymore. I want to be her friend. Right. There were a, there were some moments like that in the show that just that did it brought me to tears. Actually, it was just so sweet. It was so touching to see that and Bochi's reaction to that. And um, I think the hint that these characters, some of them, have actually quite tragic stories, um, makes you feel for them a lot. <laughs> uh, there's also that the character with uh, the uh, Oh, the Ojo Sama character, the the rich girl. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah. She only has that one episode, I think. Um, and I loved her. Yeah, she had this basically this little mini arc where she had the parents that weren't around. They lived. They basically left her home alone. It's that trope where you know the rich girl lives alone at the in the big house with the butler because her parents are off working somewhere. But um, she didn't. She felt like she was imposing by you know asking her parents to come home because she was lonely. And uh, mm-hmm. finally, through her friendship with Bochi, she realizes like it's okay for me to tell my parents I want to see them and 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 have them come home for a little while. And she sends finally a couple times she goes to send the message and she doesn't. And then at the end of the episode, she sends that message like I miss you guys. I want you to come home. And I was just like, oh my god, that's so cute. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was awesome. That was such an awesome episode for me. <laughs> and her name was Mayo. Ojosa, and her name is Ojosamayo. Yep. I'm a rich girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, on this Wikipedia page, I see a, a few names for characters that we haven't met yet. At least I don't yeah, there's, think Yeah, I mean, there's definitely so. more. It's an adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. So I would love to see, especially with storytelling and like storytelling mixed with comedy like this, where it's it's not huge storytelling but they're able to do like mini arcs like uh you know sotaka's wanting to be uh bochi's friend uh, despite being her apprentice um and like <laughs> you know nako has maybe like a one episode arc where she's mad at bochi because uh because oh, of the whole k yeah. thing like they all have their own little thing and and like it's it's kind of rare to find something like this that's that manages to be slice of life while also having a, a centralized plot so yeah. I, I dug it. Yeah. It was also a really pretty show, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um the character designs were really good. Um the all the art and animation was really, really good. Um it was done by Studio C two C, which coming into it was kind of a a uh I, I don't know, a, a red flag. Yeah. Because the only anime they've done full length by themselves as a studio was Harakon Receive, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, but the backlog just wasn't there, so you never know. Um, but I feel like they knocked the other park with this one for sure. Uh, it's fantastic. It's just, it was absolutely what I needed this past season. Yeah. Uh, just a, a cute, fun, heartwarming show. I thank you. Yeah, th- this was a phenomenal first try, I think, at this new idea where we're going to start <laughs> assigning each other shows because, uh, yeah, I. I I loved it. I I binged it, loved it. Uh want more. Mhm. Yeah. Um 
yeah, scoring this, this is a five for me. It was, uh, yeah, just really fantastic in every way. I have a hard time thinking of anything bad to say about it. So for, I guess for me, it's five. Yeah. I have to, I can't think of a negative thing to say. I really did love it. Other than maybe the first three episodes started out a little slow, but sure. Uh, Yeah. I mean, honestly, the only thing I could say bad about it is that I would like more of it. So when you, when that's the worst you could say about it, I mean, five out of five, but then I'm, I'm a comedy fan and this one's, this one struck comedy slice of life and good, you know, storytelling for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also the uh, an interesting about this one that I found out after the fact, um, which I know might be a plus for some people. Uh, the mangaka for this manga that's based off of is uh, they also did um, Mitsuboshi Colors. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, which I know a lot of people really, really liked. <clears throat> I so, own Mitsuboshi Colors Volume Two in Japanese because it came with an awesome keychain. This is probably, I liked this anime enough that this is definitely probably a show that I'll look to buy the manga for if, if it's, yeah, I don't know if it's, uh, translated. I don't know if it's translated yet, but let's hope it does get soon. I'm not even sure if Mitsubishi Colors is translated. They may not be. Yeah. Um, so do, and this is kind of behind the scenes a little bit because we can talk about it but do we want to give like quick on little reviews talk about if we're dropping any shows now or do that in the next cast um i mean might as well do it um, now no i'm yeah i'm not going to drop any of mine so uh, okay. i'm not entirely sure about one because i haven't seen it yet i didn't even know it was streaming um so i'll mm-hmm. save that but uh other than that the other four i'm watching i'm loving so so uh three shows that i have i actually am interested in all three i I really am enjoying two of them uh but just because of how successful i think it was this time and i think that the one show that i'm going to drop is at the best going to be mediocre um (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and drop the one no the ones within uh Actually, the show's been interesting, and there's been some pretty good kind of comedic moments in this show. It's had me laughing a couple times, but overall, I think the production quality of it has really been questionable for me, and it's been really all over the place, and I'm having a hard time suspending my disbelief enough to just feel like these these popular video game streamers have just accepted. Like there were, there's not even a moment where they were like, whoa, we're here. We woke up in this place. We just were knocked out and we're suddenly here in this like game. Um, they just accepted it. And they're like, oh yeah, it's a game, whatever. We'll play it. Uh, <laughs> the kind of curator of the game makes it seem like this is a dangerous game. Like your lives might be at risk, but there is at no point in the first three episodes that that is actually the case. Uh, it's just there's like I said there's some comedic moments but overall the show like tries to at times to take itself seriously and I just can't take it seriously so while I'm definitely interested to see where it goes um, and I may if I hear really good things about it go back and try to watch it later uh, I think for purposes of reviewing I'd rather review something with you guys than give this one a mediocre review so (laughs) And so it was Carlos's turn to give Jeff a show since I gave him Hitori Bochi. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I was thinking I would love for Jeff to watch Vinland Saga with me because I think he'd like it. It definitely watch that if you have time because it, I think it'd be up your alley. Um, cool. And I'm not sure if I'd want to give you do you love your mom and her two hit multi-target attacks because your <laughs> wife might have something to say. Um, I might have to watch that when I'm on the road. Uh, <laughs> how heavy are the dumbbells you lift is another one of mine. I, but I don't know. I I. I and oh maidens in your savage season another fantastic one i'm watching that i'm absolutely loving but logan got I'm a show your disposal carlos logan got a show this season <laughs> that i i'm going to watch and i would love to do another three-person review and i think jeff you're gonna like it so i'm giving you fire force Oh, Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> that's actually exciting because yeah, I I was I like I I think I said in one of the last casts I read the first volume of that manga and I loved it. Fantastic. So that's actually yeah. really exciting I, for me. Because you didn't you did you come with us to that panel or did you get no, didn't come with us? So he's okay. never he hasn't seen no. episode one at all. That was oh, when boy. that was when I had my uh, horrible experience in Artist Alley. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Except uh, another shout out to Belindra. I did meet her. Um there we and go. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be working with her in the future. But <laughs> yeah, so Fire Force, uh, the three of us will be watching that. Uh, look forward to that uh, in next season reviews, which will hopefully be more on time as I will try my best to keep up with shows. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's I, actually awesome. <laughs> like we're in the middle of August at this point, pretty much. Um, and I think the reason that we're so far behind is because of Anime Expo. Yeah, <laughs> it really just did a number on us um with all the podcasts that we wanted to do with that and plus episode 100 and all of that but yeah and our reviews should definitely be more on I time. think our our lives have become very busy recently too yeah. in general sure. and definitely look forward to uh spoiler casts which will be making a very rapid <laughs> oh. comeback yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh we got my one god, and we got already. Girls Un Panzer. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Girls Un Panzer is the next group watch. Uh, I think by that, by the time this goes out, actually no, by the time this goes out, we, we might not have started yet. I don't know what. Um, uh, we, yeah, week one will already be oh, okay. done. We'll be well, four episodes in. in, but watch the first four episodes yeah. jump in. I think it was the fastest voted show yeah, that we've had. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a good group. Uh-huh. Also. It's a lot a good of people show. were interested. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, cool. Um, if you would like to uh, join us in our Discord, where you can join us for the group watch on Saturdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time, you can hit us up on our various social medias and we'll get you an invite. We are on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. We are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com. And our website is animearcade.net. Hit us up on any of those. We'll get you an invite and uh, we can have a lot of fun. Um, if you're playing Fire Emblem Heroes, please tell me what house you went with um, and what characters you're loving because I am like neck deep in that game right now yeah it's eating up all my free time once i once i what do you call it probably next paycheck or the one after that i'll be buying that myself and i'll probably the same thing but if you're playing uh final fantasy 16 come join me i i'm sorry 16 16. sorry that's not even out yet wow new game huh i'm i'm living in the future (laughs) um wow uh, final fantasy 14 a realm reborn uh i've actually recently been playing that and i have a (laughs) a level 68 viera gunbreaker lots of fun so come join me 
Go you. Nice. Um, while we're touting our uh, video game accomplishments, I reached gold in uh, TFT for nice, League. Congrats. Nice. Are you going to get so, the reward, the seasonal reward for that, or no? I don't. I doubt cool. it. I sincerely doubt it. It would be awesome. It's so easy to get the gold, yeah. though. Um, I'm sure in the future I mean, it'll be a little be good, bit. It'll, but... Yeah, that's that's the that's the barrier to entry for me. Uh, but <laughs> oh, that's awesome though. Yeah, yeah, it's a proud moment for me. I get to see that gold border in league, which I'll never see on my ranked account or um, <laughs> my ranked solo duo or flex. Um, <sighs> yeah, I have to. I have to. I guess we're going to talk about video games. The only video game I've been playing is Magia Record, so. I, mm. I did just get the new girl, Kokoro, with the big like hammer oh, electric things. So nice. Yeah. She's pretty cool. So far she's got a pretty cute story. And uh the Fate Go event has also been going on, and I thoroughly apologize for my luck because what I hate the you do. You're you're a piece of <laughs> shit. How dare what you? Happened? I I rolled really just stupendously well. What'd you get? So when the event first started, I got <laughs> swimsuit nero what yeah didn't well, no, I, I didn't get i didn't get a lot of the the uh the four stars the four stars but, so true. from from summoning tickets i got uh the assassinito chris the four star and i got the uh caster nero the five star and then from a subsequent role i got a second assassinito chris and a second caster nero and then recently the second half of the event has come and I got a Lancer Ryko and a, um, uh, what do you call it? A Rider uh, Saber Alter or Rider, Rider Salter, just call her that. Um, <laughs> the swimsuit edition, because there's also Rider Salter, the uh, Christmas edition. Mm. Um, and then I did another roll and I got a second so Lancer Ryko and a second swimsuit Salter. So. <laughs> I have MP2 oh both of the five stars from the summer event, and that is crazy. I, I I have to emphasize, I I didn't spend money on this event. I rolled what I could, so that's like four rolls and like an MP2 of the of the uh-huh. five stars. Well, I've been saving um, my my what are they Quartz. gems or crystals or whatever Saint Quartz. Quartz. Um, I've been saving them for like over a year for Abigail Williams when she finally came out and decided to roll for Castor Nero. And I rolled 80 times. Why? And I got... 80? Yeah. I had I had like a lot of gems or quartz. And uh, yeah, I got no Castor Neros. I got a Nobu, which I'm pretty happy with. That's actually one of the things I really wanted. Uh, and I got one of the strange ghost creature thing. That was a four star. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's some of the best yeah, she, art in the she game gets right a, there. She gets a lot better once you ascend her, art wise. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll share with you, Jeff. Don't worry. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not really well, playing the game, and I probably, in hindsight, I wish I'd saved up for Abby, but with my luck, I wouldn't have gotten her, and that would have been really, really depressing. So <laughs> now I just don't expect just, to get Abby. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just appreciate my, all the pics of art that I get now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I threw 10 rolls at uh, Alter Rider and got her. Um, I got six of the Helena Archer from <laughs> that banner uh, and no Nero for me. But I did get uh, Nidocris, so 
It's whatever. Faco sucks. It's I think what sold game. me on Nero was her noble phantasm. It was just freaking awesome. So it's, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if I ever do play, I'll have Carlos's uh, NP2 Nero now to go. play with. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now that we've rambled on forever, <laughs> um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you all for listening. And we will God, I forgot to mention that. I loved uh, uh, Bochi's school of laughs. Oh, God. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was so oh. good. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all, they just all start doing it. <laughs> and uh, that's when the teachers convinced that she's like a leader of a Yakuza. Yeah. The, the Yakuza, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that around school. <laughs> that's such a good show Uh, oh man it It, it deserved a five it really did i I hate giving fives (laughs) out but if any show deserves it it does Uh, do it for bochi five for bochi i chan would be bochi's friend (laughs) no hell yeah